Wir gehen jetzt in den Wassers los. It's Deinen Freundo, Seth, I'm learning German. Yeah, in case you didn't know what that was. That is me trying to impress you with the little German that I know. Right now, I am actually learning German. I took it in high school. I goofed off the entire time. I did some other language learning apps. They taught me things like where the taxi stand is and how to find a bus, um, but not a lot of conversational uh, German. Thankfully, that's what Babbel is all about. Babbel teaches you language conversationally, which let's face it, that is what you want to know anyway. I don't know. When I was in school, you learned like how to count. You learned like the colors. You learned the shapes. Those are all important things, but they don't help you when you're in uh, like Cologne, Germany with Ein Nierenstein, which by the way is German for kidney stone, uh, an experience I can unfortunately speak personally to. But I've been using Babbel to learn to speak German again, uh, better than I have before. I actually really like it because it is conversational. It's a little bit more relaxed. One of the things that it does that I really like is it'll sometimes show you what the literal English translation is. And I don't know why, but I find that very helpful in sort of understanding the structure, the grammar of a language and sort of putting myself into that mind space. Since I'm only in Germany for Gamescom, which is like a week, week and a half, I'm not immersed in the German language. I'm not immersed in German culture. So what I do is the second best thing. I'm taking Babbel. Hopefully this year when I go to Germany, I'll be able to impress all the Germans with how much German I know from learning through Babbel. The app has pronunciation recognition, so you'll be able to learn how to speak better with your accent, how to actually properly pronounce the words. That way you won't get made fun of by a, a group of older German men because you said Apfelstrudel and not Apfelstrudel. Um, no, it's really cool. Uh, I'm going to say right now there is a special limited time deal for our listeners. Right now you can get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners because you guys are the best ones, by the way, at babbel.com slash realm. Get 60% off at babbel.com slash realm. That is spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash realm. Rules and restrictions may apply. Hi, I'm Alexis Ohanian. You may know me as one of the co-founders of Reddit, but more recently... A large part of my identity is being a father to my wonderful daughters. In my podcast, Business Dad, I hope to open the conversation about working parents a bit. You'll get to hear from a wide range of business dads, from Rain Wilson and Guy Raz to Todd Carmichael and Shane Battier, to find out how they balance being a dad with a successful career. Business Dad is available now, so be sure to listen and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. From IGN's offices in San Francisco, welcome to Nintendo Voice Chat for the week of October 16th, 2014. I'm your host, Jose Otero, and you are listening to IGN's all-Nintendo podcast. Joining me this week, Brian Altano is back. Brap, brap. 
Missed a really good episode last week, dog. I heard about that. Yeah, Julian Eprick, uh, Factor Five, good stuff. Kind of messed up, you know. I'm 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 out for like an hour, and you guys get the, the one of the people that made Rogue Squadron and get you in the fan? office. Yeah, of course, man. Okay. Huge fan. I'm sorry. Well, no, 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 we don't like Rogue Squadron. Yeah, Clearly, I, don't, we don't. I don't like the, one of the greatest Star Wars games ever made. And to hear the guy come in and talk about another great Star Wars game that never got made. Uh, yeah, I, I'm glad I missed All that right, one. Well, I'm Thanks, sorry. I didn't mean for that to happen. But joining us also this week, a fellow Rogue Squadron fan, Mitch Dyer, uh, making s- a return. You said this was an all-Nintendo show. I was lured here under the guise we would just talk about Dota. Oh, did I really say that? Yeah. I should stop lying to people. Man. Okay, and we're going to start with some news, <laughs> and then we have a very special interview after the break uh, for you guys. Can with, I come? Uh, uh, no, because right, we already fine. recorded it. <laughs> but, oh, man. Yeah, so sorry. It's so weird up. how that happens. All right, so first piece of news for this week is actually an older story from October 8th, and it is that the GameCube controller adapter which is being sold on November 21st, same day as Smash Brothers for, for excuse me, for Wii U. Got to make sure you clarify that. Is Smash specific. It will not work with other games. Now for context for folks at home, the UK company website had a description that basically said the adapter would be useful as a GameCube controller for any game that already supports the Wii Classic controller, Wii Classic controller Pro uh-huh. or Wii U Pro controller. It's a long list. Regardless, Nintendo the next day, Nintendo of Europe clarified and said the GameCube controller adapter for Wii U is compatible with Wii U and Smash Brothers for Wii U specifically. It's not compatible with any other Wii U software. We apologize for the confusion. So, mm-hmm. people are upset. Uh, there's some outrage over On the this. internet? Well, it sucks. Well, so, why does it suck? Does it, though? Well, because, okay, I, I feel like buying one, a, a controller for, specifically for one game, uh, I've done it before. It's not always the best idea for something like Smash. Sure, I think it's it's fine because Smash is a huge game and it makes sense. But the potential of using that controller with uh, what they could be doing with the virtual console right now is the part that stings the most. Okay, but you're talking about something that's not out yet. It's something that... And that's the thing is like, like virtual console. They, got, like the they got out in front of it. They said like, "Whoops, sorry, it was a mistake. We yep. phrased it wrong." Yeah. Nobody was harmed by this. It's not like somebody bought this expecting it to work with cart and it doesn't work. If they pre-ordered it, and now you can cancel that pre-order. Yeah. No, this is also true. But l- let's look at it for what it was mistaken for at first, right? For Wii Classic control, anything that supports Wii Classic controller, Wii Classic controller Pro, and Wii U Pro controller. Sure. Would you really want to use a wired GameCube controller for all- for any Nintendo game that's over on the Wii Pro right controller, now? which I, I is thought, better? I thought this controller would sort of be. Uh, the Trojan horse for GameCube support. And it right? could be. And I agree with what you're saying. It, like, Would I use it over the other ones? I don't know. Maybe. I might play Wind Waker with it again just to try that. Um, but, the, you know, e- even with the touchscreen stuff they added to the, to the Wii U gamepad, you know, it, there's probably not like a lot of point there. But why put out a controller that only works with one game? I know it's the game. But yeah. why just one game? Like, because people are not making games for Wii U that are meant for that controller. Then don't call it the GameCube controller. Call it the Smash Stick or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Like, well, call I mean, it specifically it what the GameCube controller yeah. doesn't cause confusion, though. It's not. Because it's for a different yeah, console. it's for a different console entirely. It's an adapter for, I mean, I'm not trying to, I, I get no, your no, point. I, I they get, do, do, they do need to be upfront about this. I mean, on the box for the adapter, it needs to say, only compatible with Smash. Yep. If it says, like, for your Nintendo Wii U, then we're in trouble. Or they need to be able to update it so that, yes, 
when like Sunshine comes to Wii U Virtual Console, yeah, we can play it with that. If if don't don't go oh, writing that new story yet, whoever you are. I'm just I'm just <laughs> like, what's why does the Wii U family need yet another controller? Then at that point, it only <clears throat> does one thing occasionally. So my counter to that is, I think for Smash Brothers, the GameCube controller is very much its fight stick. Sure. It is the optimal way and one of the better ways to play Smash. It's comfortable. It's what it's people associate people with know. Sure, yeah, I'll give you that. They've been using it since Melee and Brawl. <clears throat> However, my reason for not being too disappointed about this thing is that when you look at that controller, this is the same exact GameCube controller you got years ago, which we all appreciate its design, but let's be fair. D-pad is too small. It is missing two buttons. When you think about Analog stick is awful. For, for, layout for, isn't fun. Yeah, for inputs <laughs> in terms of like working across multiple games, I think all of that stuff genu- genuinely matters. Like, how do you get across, like, well, this doesn't have a home button. It only has a pause button. Like, what? how do you, how does all that sort of the interior work. Now, I talked to someone about this. I forgot who. Um, and my argument was, hey, this is like their fight stick. He's like, yeah, but if I plug in a fight stick to another game, it'll work. I was like, yeah, but are you going to play Forza Horizon 2 with a fight stick? That's I was a, like, come that on. makes no sense. Like, sure. who cares? That makes, yes, I, I totally understand what you're saying. Yeah. And I'm not going to play uh, Smash Brothers with the Steel Battalion controller either, Jose. That'd be amazing. That'd be, tight. That'd be really cool. That'd be amazing. <laughs> Epic Smashes like that, yeah. yeah. Get that um, on YouTube. But you're telling me, like, I can't play... Super Mario World on it? Why? I, I just don't like think... why? I can play with a classic controller, right? I don't think it's a huge deal that it's not ready yet. If it had major revisions, and if they were willing to update the stuff I mentioned earlier, and they didn't offer it as a controller compatible for those things, then I think it's weird. This but is... the fact that it is the same exact piece of hardware it was when the GameCube came out... Then it's, then it's going into the drawer next to my uh, Wii U Pro controller, my four Wii remotes, and then my Wii U gamepad on and the side. That's a fair point. You're, you're exactly right. It's just right. like... It, like the, that's just a lot. For yeah. for what? You I just know? think there's more important things to complain about with this issue. So that's why I was kind of surprised by the rea- the negative reaction to it all. Because it's just like, wow, I want this, I want this. And I'm just like, wait a minute. Like, are you sure you really uh, want Jose, this? Jose, there's more important things to complain about than everything on yes, our topic yeah, list. Correct. <laughs> Every, this, is, this is escapism. With, with respect to Nintendo, this, I mean. This like, yeah. Let's uh, keep complaining about unified You want to talk accounts. about poverty? <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. Like, what do you want to talk about? We need you to talk about the war, Jose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, like, no, right. of course. This is no, it's nothing. It's insignificant in the grand yeah. scale of the universe and how we're blips on it. In the, context, in the context of games, though, it presents such a fascinating double standard to me as somebody who mm-hmm. like listens to NBC and is a Nintendo fan, but I'm not super ingrained in the community. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The community is like anchored to the past in the same way Nintendo is. Nintendo is yeah. taking its time innovating and like getting into the present time and coming online and things like that. Probably because its fan base is like, nah, we need the Nintendo controller from 20 years ago yeah. to work on the new machine for everything. It's like, no, that's not how it works. Like, I agree. Pay attention to now. Like, Use the controllers you have. Use the ones that mm-hmm. came with the machine and play it the way it was honestly meant to be played. Or like, play the way you want to play. This is a novelty. This is a, a novelty to help you do that. Thank if you, you want an accessory that works with Mario Kart and Mario Party, buy an Amiibo. Like that is the toy of the future for you for you to engage in multiple Nintendo games. The GameCube controller or, is not yeah. because they've released another con- two new consoles since then. Sure, look like at Nintendo's the, uh, moved on. Yeah, or look at the and I know I made fun of it at first because I didn't think it was going to look as cool as it did, and we saw it at E3, and I take it all back. <laughs> but uh, the PDP wired fight pad. Remember we had a segment, and I was like, ah, oh, this thing sounds terrible. Like it's wired to the controller. But you know what? It's updated. It looks like it has the right improvements. <laughs> I haven't held it in my hands. I've only seen it through a display case. Held it in your feet. But it was super <laughs> like colorful. No, <laughs> it was super colorful, and it matches the custom designs for the Mario, Luigi, and Peach Wii remotes. Sure. And the Yoshi one too. Maybe that's your answer. Look there. But I just don't think this is a, b- a big deal for Nintendo. Thank you for yeah, so I mean, if you're gonna, putting that together. If you're going to play cart 
with a different control. Like, a cart is a game you can literally play with one hand and a Wii remote. Why would you want a cube controller for that? Yep. I don't understand. I still want GameCube games on the virtual console. Yes. And yeah. I want to play them with this controller when they come. Leave a comment. Let us know what you think about this whole thing. Why would you be disappointed? Why aren't you disappointed? Uh, you'll find it in the show notes for this episode or an email, nvc at ign.com. Please be polite. We're all humans. Next story is Castlevania, Ar- <clears throat> excuse me, Castlevania Aria of Sorrow is coming to Wii U Virtual Console. You, Good, you, you mentioned deal. to me, you said, I brought you on because you strike me as someone who's played that game. And was I right? No, I've literally played one Castlevania game. you never seriously. played Aria of Sorrow? I've played, so the, the, here's my Castlevania history. You ready? Okay. Played a Castlevania game growing up. Played another one. I was like, all right, the series, not for me. Played Symphony of the Night like five years ago. And was like, wow, yeah. I missed out on this. <laughs> okay, okay. And then I kind of retroactively appreciated a lot of stuff that past games did, especially Aria of Sorrow. Which sounds awesome. Yeah. So there was this magical era where a bunch of people working at Konami all had the same exact reaction as you, where they played uh, Symphony of the Night, and they're like, this is amazing. Let's make this again. But that's, yeah, let's keep making this every two years, um, and differently, and with its own unique set of values yeah, and ideas. Yeah, different yeah. systems. And yeah. a different and, guy with white hair. Yeah. And, and they, they had, Cruise. you know, they had a lot of evolutions. They were the ones in the Game Boy Advance. I think there were three on the Game Boy Advance, and I think there were two more on the DS. Yeah, so on Game Boy Advance, it was Circle of the Moon, Harmony of Dissonance, and Aria of Sorrow. Sorrow. And then on the DS, there was Portrait of Ruin, uh, Which Dawn was... of Sorrow, and Order of Ecclesia. So All of those three... were really good, wow. right? Except Ecclesia was like a little weird. Uh, uh, pe- okay. People go back and forth between Portrait of Ruin being really weird and Ecclesia being really weird. But regardless, but, yeah. But three the, D- uh, whatever the, one, the DS. Dawn of, Sorrow Dawn of Sorrow is considered a masterpiece. Yeah. Like it's one of the best yeah. Castlevania. And it's like DS. the thing is we got six of them in five years or six years or whatever it was. Um, and then never again. Yeah. So I would – even the worst of them, I would kill for something as bad as that now because that's still better than the fact that we have no Castlevanias at all. Well, no, uh, Brian. You have a modern-day one where there's robots and yeah, explosive barrels. The less said about that game, the better. Yeah. But uh, if, you have, if you have a Wii U and you've never played this game, uh, Ari of Sorrow is amazing. It's, it's really beautiful. The, yeah. pic, the pixel art is fantastic. Uh, the animation is gorgeous. The animation is really good. Um, yeah. the, it's just like one of those – You'll start it out, and it'll be like, oh, this is kind of a simple hack and slash. And then, like, the hooks of the magic system and the the collectibles and stuff will start to get in you. And what really gets me in those games is um, every enemy drops certain items uh, that you can use to equip your character to do special attacks. But some of them are, like, very rare. So it inspires you to sort of play through areas over and over. And if you've got that sort of like brain dead part of the back of your head that can run in and out of a room for an, a half an hour while you're listening to a podcast or something like this one and slash bats or fight a mummy until he drops a card and then you go, yeah, and you move on to the next thing. Like, you'll love this game. You'll yeah. get into the parts of this game that you don't, you know, most people won't. And I think that, like if you just went through story and fought bosses and found hidden items and stuff like that, it's a great game. But if you really wanted to like collect everything in it, like, God. God, it's awesome. Yeah, it's so remarkable because uh, it is, as you said, the third GBA Castlevania, but mm-hmm. it's also, I feel, the one where they finally got it right, where yeah. Circle of the Moon's color palette was way too dark, Yeah, and GBA did not have a backlight, and you had to go through an excruciating pains to play that game. Uh, Harmony of Dissonance was way too colorful, and uh, its soundtrack not quite as, as epic or as memorable Wait, outside how do you, of the opening soundtrack. I want to know why this game is too colorful. Oh, I, I can explain it to you. Oh, so man. Harmony me. of Dissonance feels like a reaction to Circle of the Moon. Like, yeah. the main character is surrounded in a blue aura, like at most times. Like, a lot of the enemies and the environments feel really brightened up. I'll let you keep Wait, going yeah, the, there. I think the story goes, uh, when uh, Konami was creating Circle of the Moon, the first Castlevania for the Game Boy Advance, uh, they were... Probably led to believe that the system would be backlit. 
and yeah, it wasn't. Didn't know oh, about the system, so, so when they it, were working so. on it, it was like, oh, let's make this dark and moody, and the music was fantastic and really creepy. Like when you start out that game, it's just like, oh, yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. just like very scary, and like a bat flies by. Sure. But then you got a GBA on launch day, and you couldn't see the screen. So to play the game, you had to hold it up to a light, or, or you had get to buy a worm, a worm light, light to plug or, it in. Or surround yourself. In a so room then full of lights. a year or two later, they said, let's make Harmony of Dissonance, and let's let's fix all the problems we had last time around, and just make the most neon funkadelic tribe call quest least, album yeah, cover and version. at least it felt that way as a reaction yeah. when you look at the two like visually they are so I don't think different. I've ever seen this game I'm going to some JPEGs uh, that one's also on Wii Virtual Console if not yeah. this week really soon what if is um, Circle of the Moon out on Wii or Wii U or yeah, 3DS Circle of the Moon is already out how does it work Wii now like console? now that you have consoles oh, with they, backlit screens yeah, that, well yeah, actually we could see it back on the SP man don't forget that too that's yeah. true SP yeah, was yeah. the one where yeah. we finally like holy cow that's all the stuff that was back there yeah it was kind of weird to play that game again and go wow that's what this looks like yeah but but going back to Aria of Sorrow, it's remarkable to me because it is the one Castlevania game that actually takes place in the future. Yep. I think that it's like the year 2099 or something crazy like that. Main character is named Soma Cruz. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. Super excited about how it was a different lineage. It had nothing to do with the Belmonts. It was everything still about Dracula, but it had its own sort of angle. And you mentioned the sort of the... Um, the souls and how that worked and that was really cool how you can combine and have different abilities because an enemy dropped the soul but the other thing that struck me was being the most the first futuristic Castlevania you had like handguns as a possible weapon drop like there were certain things they tried that I really really liked there was a lot of variety in the weapons and it felt like it felt like Symphony of the Night but it felt expanded on in certain Mm -hmm. ways too and uh I just know and I remember playing that game, finishing that game, loving every second of that thing, and it's been a long time since. So I'm actually really looking forward to that. Yeah, to me, the, um, the, this is where the, uh, the virtual console kind of shines the most is like mm-hmm. when, when it first gets announced for every system, you think about how you're going to get Link to the Past and Super Metro yep. and, and Mario World. The stuff, stuff you're like never going to get. Yeah. But then there's the games that you're just like, you don't really think about, but they're they're gems, they're classics, and you can't really play them anywhere else unless you're a pirate or you hunt down the original yeah. uh, cartridges. For, yeah, which for a lot of people is kind of a pain in the ass. So I think that like for a couple of bucks to be able to download one of the greatest Castlevania games ever made and play it on your Wii U, a, a console where you're probably going to want to play a game like that, either on your big TV or on your gamepad, because oh, I think it works gamepad, for both. Yeah. Um, it's it's perfect. So if you're looking for something very deep and rich to play, that's, that's it. You know what, you you know what Harmony it. of Distance looks like? Is yeah. a awful HD remake of a really good Castlevania game. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh, like a cell phone remake of a really yeah, good like, Castlevania? Yeah, like whoever made Final Fantasy VI for iPad redid a good mm-hmm. Castlevania game and like yeah. this is what they came back with. It, it felt Everything like a is reaction. just like flat colors yep. and gross. Yeah. I don't know. I, I have to look one day if there were actually any, any interviews where Igarashi or someone from Konami actually said it. But it always, when you look at it from the moment it came out, you're like, man, this feels like a reaction to just how dark the last one was. Yeah. Um, but regardless, you know, that game is what it is. And Aria of Sorrow is worth your time, folks. Mm-hmm. So if how much you're is considering that? it, it's a GBA uh, game, October so it's 16th, it's probably like eight bucks. Yeah, it's seven, seven or eight bucks. Okay. It's coming to Wii U Virtual yeah, Console? Wii U yeah. Virtual Console. Mm-hmm. I feel right. like that's a game I want to play on my 3DS. But It would be, yeah. But the GBA situation. Still, no pause so state weird. on that is really annoying. Still, there's uh, there still to this day hasn't been uh, proper Game Boy Advance uh, emulation on the 3DS aside from the uh, games they gave to people who bought this. Ambassadors, ambassadors. ambassador games, yep. yeah. Wait, and even that, it's like high. if yeah. I pause Zelda, like if I am playing Minish Cap and I need to save, 
and I can't, in any 3DS game, I'd go, oh, all right, close my machine and come back to it six hours later. Now, that game is on all the time. Yeah. So it is destroying yep. your battery. Yeah. yeah. Even if you put it in sleep mode, which yeah. on the original GBA was the way it was intended yeah. to be and done. Yeah. And if you, like, and I have to Google, every single time I do that, I have to Google how to get it out of sleep mode every time. It's like, this thing's broken. I, I think it's, it. it's like you hold every button at the same time and then you draw a smiley face on the touch screen. Right. Yeah. yeah. All right. So. That's not true. <laughs> Next story then is about Mario Kart 8's November DLC. So yes. this morning on Miiverse and on Twitter, Nintendo revealed that there is a master cycle that Link can ride. I'm assuming anyone can ride it, but man, this thing looks cool. I can't wait for Step Bowser down to ride blue. it. It has the Hylian shield on the side by where his legs so would he can be. he can do some safe but bit. sick leans. Dude, so I wish he could block shells with that thing. You never know. Um, oh my God, so that would be so yeah. cool. Uh, th- <laughs> this thing looks really dope and. You know, we're getting closer and closer to Mario Kart 8's November DLC. This is almost a reminder for folks. So, so far, over Twitter or over Miiverse, they have revealed Link's Master Cycle, the B-Dasher. The day they announced the DLC, they also revealed the Blue Falcon was coming back. There's still one more mystery cart that we don't know what it is. I'm curious. Other stuff. I was going to say Epona, but we can't do it. Epona isn't a motorcycle, though. No, but Epona's probably on the sidelines going, thank God that dude doesn't have to ride me anymore. <laughs> I want to go to sleep in this barn. <laughs> I don't want to go on his adventures. I'm going to eat this hay, which is... Fire cave. Yeah. I'm just going to eat this hay, which is also my bed. They should have given them a motorcycle horse called the Epona cycle or something like that. It's got to be a new cart because B-Dasher, if folks don't remember, that was the cover of Mario Kart DS, the, the ride he's jumping into. That was the B Dasher. Oh, definitely yeah, do not. Yeah, and then that. the Blue Falcon has been in other Mario Kart games before. It was actually a Mario Kart Wii as an unlockable, and it looked more like from F Zero. Yes. So this oh, is an F Zero. We have an F Zero thing, a Zelda thing, a Mario Kart thing, and what's the other one? We don't know. Uh, we don't know the fourth. We don't know what the fourth ride will be. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. I hope it's Samus's shit. So yeah. Oh my oh. god. Wow! Just stop I'm right throwing, there. I'm just throwing that out yeah. there. Nintendo, How cool if you're not be? doing that already, please, please make that happen. Although it would be weird, happen. unless it they, if they it would be like, like an F Zero like car, little wheels on the bottom. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> True. Well, maybe it hovers. I mean, it'll look great when it hovers. Right. It'd be when like it goes remember when you were a kid, you got those Hot Wheels toys, and they would be like a really cool vehicle from something you love, but then they put those you know crappy little plastic. Wheels. I mean, it could be rad to have that as like a hover version of a vehicle that transforms. Like if it's yeah, Sam is riding a bike. Yeah, that'd be great. As on wheels, and then it becomes a hovercraft, with the, which is that ship, and then when it flies, it's just kind of the same thing, but takes yeah. off. But then that means they have to but, put Samus we, in the game, right? Yeah, but we do know Samus is not on the roster for the first update. Uh, so Tanuki Mario, Cat Peach, and Link are the only three characters that we know for a fact are in this thing. I love Nintendo. And then just, just <laughs> to remind Peach. you guys, <laughs> recap, Wario, uh, Wii's Wario's Goldmine is going to be a playable stage. There's an F-Zero track that looks like Mute City. There's an Excite Bike track. What? Based on the photograph, it looked uh, when I saw the information about the DLC when we had that meeting with Nintendo, that was brought up, and I'm Can just I like, holy something? cow! So there's eight tracks being brought to this thing with two cups. Holy cow! This is mm. gonna be exciting. What is the Excite Bike track based on like the NES version or like Excite Bike 64? Is it sort of just like a general brand new 3D Excite Bike? So believe it or not, I skipped Excite Bike 64, so okay. I don't 100% know for sure. Do you know the difference between an NES game and an N64 game? <laughs> I do, <laughs> okay. but what I'm saying is that if there were any sort of I know exactly what Excite Bike looks like in my yeah, mind yeah. from the 8 bit version, but I have no idea what the 64 okay. one looks like. So, if there were certain things that were signature to that game, sure. I wouldn't be able to tell you what they look like. I'd have to do some homework. So, 
I mean, are you guys excited? I'm excited. Mario Kart is I mean, a great game. Yeah, I mean, I love awesome. Kart. I don't know that I'm going to buy the DLC just based on, like, having to play 10,000 other games this fall, but it's all really awesome, and I love it, and I can't wait to play I, it in the office. I already uh, bought the DLC. Yeah, oh, you bought the season yeah, pass yeah, thing? I bought the season pass nice. And I never buy season passes, but, like, I, Mario... To me, Mario Kart is, like... a little different than a season pass, but you pre-ordered yeah, it regardless. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, like, Mario Kart and Smash Brothers, to me, they're kind of... They're like Nintendo's Grand Theft Autos, where we only get, like, one a generation. Um, so the fact that we're getting one and then a few months later we got uh, new courses for it is, is huge for me. Usually I have to wait five years to play another eight eight races in Mario Kart. So uh, I think it's a great idea. Yeah, two cups. Man. Yeah, it's That's crazy. Tracks. That's really cool. So That's half hype. the original game. Yeah. Right? So hype. So cool. Okay. Love so uh, next story then is about new Nintendo 3DS. Hey, so uh, I like that thing. That launched in Japan on yep. October 11th. Bet Famitsu reveals <laughs> that the LL model, which you may know as the XL model, uh, sold 172,332 units in its launch weekend. <laughs> the other model sold 61,151. So clearly Japan loves the XL model. And Wait, really? Yeah. and, and you Because know what? Monster someone, Hunter is bundled with the XL. That too. Uh, Let's not forget that, which is a monster in Japan. 1.6 million sales for Monster Hunter. Wow. Yeah. Are you gonna, are we going to play Monster Hunter? Yeah. Yeah, please. You're going to teach us. Mitch and yes. I played in Japan. We wanted to join okay. join a, a little army with you and get out okay. there and smack good, some Good, good. I'm glad you guys, guys are saying this. I Capcom, just want Sensei Jose to notice me in the Monster Hunter Battlefield. Yep. I can't wait. Um, this is really exciting. A really good launch weekend for them. Um, so that's interesting. I wonder how that bodes for the like the faceplates they keep rolling out. Do you think this is going to be a trend where the LL is the leading model here? Because I could see them phasing the faceplates out pretty quickly if, if, if it's it doesn't something... pick up. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I don't know if I'd say that, though, because the current model 3DS never got phased out. And, I, and given the choice... I know plenty of people who's like they would go with the XL over the mm-hmm. smaller model. We're also so I talking, think it depends about your budget and what you're going to do with it. This is also two days of sales, and sixty thousand is not like an insignificant amount for two sure. days. At yeah. the end of the month, that you know could hit a notable milestone that tells them like, oh, okay, yeah, then yeah, then like making these cheap faceplates is worth our investment. Yeah. Let's just knock them out. Yeah. Yep, yep, um, yep. It is Japan, too. A lot of people forget that when they see the sales data between yeah. U.S. or Europe and Japan. Like, I mean, in America, you read things about how, you know, we sold a million PlayStations overnight. Like, that simply doesn't really happen in Japan like that. Mm-hmm. So uh, it's a smaller country, less population. Mm-hmm. So yeah. uh, I don't know. That's interesting. So you're you're playing uh, your new 3DS. Yes. And I, w- I wanted to ask you this. You predominantly play 3DS games on your XL, right? That's right. right. And the new one you got is not the XL or the LL. It's just right. the new 3DS. Mm-hmm. So what's that been like for you, for you to like transition from the bigger one to back to the smaller one that's just a little bit bigger screen size than the one we, we bought at launch? I'm so glad you brought this up. I was going to bring this up later in the show. but Because um, I'm split. I, yeah, I've been split the whole time. I remember when we had our podcast discussion during PAX with Mark in the room. Mark brought off the point of, are you ready to give up all of that real estate from the XL for some for colorful smaller, buttons? For colorful buttons from the SNES, faceplates, and basically a smaller model. And no, is the answer I to that. Said, no. Yeah, oh, I want this. Like, whatever. After a week with it, Regret. I do miss the larger screen size. Really? I'm not going to play around. Like, I knew it. I'm happy uh, I have it. You're killing me. The XL is so yeah. good. Like, that is the best Game Boy Nintendo's ever made. I yeah. love yeah, it. Handheld-wise. Mm-hmm. No, it, it definitely, like, hands down, I have to agree. And, um, you know, even though the screen is slightly larger on the new 3DS versus the prior model or even 2DS because they both have the same screen sizes, uh, at least the current two that are available in North America, um, 
yeah, man, it, it just boils down to, man, I do miss the screen size. I do miss having a lot more room when I'm holding the system itself. Mm-hmm. And I'm already plotting to buy an LL, which is Wait, uh, you're not going to wait? You're going to import an LL? I'm, I'm going to import an LL and probably <sighs> import the Smash 3DS one that's coming out. I think it's November 5th. Mm-hmm. I think it comes with the game bundled, mm. which is not great for me because I already have it. But regardless, <laughs> yeah. the system looks so good. So it's the same design we got here, but they took off the Smash Brothers logo in the top right corner, and instead they just put the Smash ball. And they added the second stick? And it still has the second so, stick. Wow. It, still has, it still has the exact design spec of what the LL Why is it this LL. stuff region free? Why? <laughs> Are you watching? Are you listening? Why? Why is it so difficult? Brian can't take it anymore. I hate this. Um, but I, I'm plotting already to do it. Uh, That's really interesting because like, I, I, you know, I, I've been, I've been messing with the one that you brought to the office. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you know it or not, no, that's not true. Um, sure. And I actually, I, I like, uh, I really like the, des- the design, the form factor. It's kind of cool to go back to a slightly smaller one. I, I it's like, comfortable. I like the XL. I feel it's like it's a little heavy sometimes, and it's just like it's a little cumbersome to carry around in its own like big pouch and stuff. Yep. Um, and that's the thing I don't miss. The convenience of the smaller model, you hit it right on the head. Yeah. Like, I do like being able to just put that in a and pocket. The, the faceplates are good. dope, man. They're really cool. Like, I, like I, I thought they were going to be cheap as hell looking. Like, watching Jose swap them out, I'm like, man, there's a lot of potential for something cool here. Especially because, like, the – I could see blank ones and them having, like uh, – like we were talking about the other day, like having artists like commission them. Yeah, like I was going to say, like you're yeah. an artist, you could probably yeah. paint something really awesome. Doing on like some, doing a custom piece on the front of one of those is, is awesome to me. And then taking it off, swapping it out with another so one. So the novelty of having a really cool looking 3DS is great. Yeah. Especially if you can have somebody like, if somebody had like Ollie Moss do something really amazing yeah. for their 3DS, like that'd be the best. I would love to have like an Ollie Moss case. I'm sure it's going to happen. Yeah. But I would also love to have a machine that makes my games look better. Mm. Uh, so on that front, I can tell you that this thing does boot up quicker. It does transition between things in the That's home awesome. menu a lot faster. The home menu is like um, killing me. Oh, did you, did you hear about the I test we did the other oh, day? No. Yeah, so we, and these, these are rough estimates, but yeah. I, I actually clocked it at my desk. You missed this part. So we basically ran Smash, uh, installed off of an SD card on an XL. We ran it. It takes roughly 30 seconds to go from home screen to start screen in, in Smash Brothers currently. On new 3DS XL, Roughly 15 seconds. It is like night and day. 15 is still like way too many seconds to go home, home, done. You'd be yeah. surprised though how fast it goes. Like 15 seconds was, and that's a rough estimate. It's not down that's to like the exact. That's like some Stockholm syndrome stuff though. Like it's better than 30. <laughs> it's like it's still bad. So <laughs> but it's still like, yeah, it is great. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I would challenge we, we you to put, check it out and then you'll be like, holy shit, this is so much better than what I We put Jose's new 3DS next to my uh, Zelda XL. Uh, both running Smash off of a, um, a memory card. That's right. Now, micro mind, SD or SD. Yeah. So the 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 new 3DS runs micro SD, which I didn't yep. know. Huh. I just I learned that. So that means I have to buy a new card yep. on top of everything else. Um, Whatever. Memory is like free. No. Yeah. It's it's cheap because right? it's not because it's not a Vita where they they feel like they can it's not sell proprietary. you proprietary. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which is pretty that. cool. Just go be, go on Amazon and spend a couple bucks and get the card that I need. Um, but we started them at the exact same time. It was like one, two, three. Hit the buttons, and within a few seconds, he had the Smash Brothers logo spinning. By the time he got to the home screen and could start up a match. My Smash Brothers logo started spinning in the corner. Oh. Like it was just, it the was it was obnoxious. I don't, and it was weird. Like I think because Smash is so feature rich that like not a lot of reviewers, not a lot of people really ding the game on the fact that it, it does have like 
one very significant top-heavy load when you first started yep. out. And I guess I didn't really notice it because I started off Smash Brothers and then I never backed out for like a month. <laughs> yeah, so I don't yeah. know if it's fair to ding it for that. I mean, just because it uses a lot of resources on the system. Four the first out of time ten, boot, long intro loading. I, I don't know if I feel like you know, it, it ultimately impacts the performance of the game because we've sure. been raving about Smash Bros. 3DS for a while, but you bring up a good point where it's something like what Mike Ferrer said during our review discussion. Where he's like, I kind of feel like my 3DS might burst into flames because yeah. it is being pushed to the limit by this yep. game. But uh, quitting out is even faster. Where Good. if you try to quit out of Smash 3DS right now, you have to do a hard reset on the entire system before you get control back. On the new 3DS, uh, new 3DS, just like that, you're Good. out. You're doing whatever you're doing. You can post uh, shots to Miiverse, which apparently isn't supported no, on the older model because it can cannot. Do. Yeah, it just can't handle it. How am I supposed yeah. to share my Duck Hunt dog photos? <laughs> I have so many. They're all very adorable. Instagram. <laughs> oh my God. There's a there's an option. Put them on Tinder. Um, let's see other <laughs> observations. So I'm playing Smash on it and the C stick. I'm still warming up to it. Yeah, it senses. Uh, I mean, you have How both it work used it. Actually, you flick it or you drag okay. it. Got it. To do smash attacks. Yeah. So the flick is the so it's smash the same attack. as the C stick on a GameCube. exactly. Got and it. if you drag, you charge the smash move. And this it is actually works. Was a thing it works really well. Yeah. Yeah. It's just um, you definitely have to reconfigure your controls though, because if you leave X and Y as jump and A and B as attack and special. I ran into the problem of, man, this is, like, my finger just isn't getting around fast enough to hit all this stuff, whereas now I've kind of resituated wow, that's, things. that's the opposite of what Altano and I experienced playing Monster Hunter, but maybe it's just because it's a more passive kind of game. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Its action is not nearly as frantic. Yeah. So in Monster Hunter, my thumb was basically just hovering in the middle of the stick yeah. and the X and Y buttons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I could just go one or the other. One thing about it, you take a swing with a weapon in Monster Hunter, like, depending on the weapon, it takes a while, right? Yeah. And that's by design. It's supposed to be there is inherent risk involved with if you chose to attack You're at the right time. You're committing to this attack. Yep. Yeah, that's it. You made the move. If you pay for it, that's it. Um, and with Smash, it's way more of a Twitch game. Um that said, I feel like I'm adjusting, but I, I'm not confident enough to say, oh, this is perfect for this, because I'm still... It takes me a while to come to a decision on anything. Like, you should ask Brian how many t uh, walks we take before I put a review score on something. I just... <laughs> oh, yeah. I go back and forth, like, a lot. But uh, so far, I, I, it, it's functional. It works. I'm just not entirely sure how sold I am. But regardless, C-Stick is a cool thing. I can't believe it doesn't move, guys. Like, it's so weird, right? Does, yeah. It's a pencil eraser just yeah. on your 3DS at all Pencil times. erasers move. This doesn't. You can uh, wiggle that thing a little bit. You cannot yeah, wiggle it's, this. It's actually really, it's a, it's a really weird sort of feeling because it's like, it's there and you can touch it and, and you can interact with and it's it. it's soft. And it's doing something. It's moving something in a 3D space on your screen, but it is not moving <laughs> yeah. in reality in front of you. So. But, but the real sell for me right now with new 3DS that everyone I think listening to the pos this podcast should know is the 3D. Oh, yeah. Like, they, so, got yeah. It, they got it so right this time. Like when You want to turn that thing 45 degrees this way? You can do it. Yeah. yeah so Just I'm Super Mario 3D Land on it and the minute you ever got on those little platforms with the binoculars and you had to choose to Ugh. do motion gyro or not what's your reaction in every game where that comes up if you have to no I'm not doing this because the minute I twitch my hands even a sec a millimeter I'm losing the image and I get double vision and I gotta fix it again see and that it's that, not comfortable that makes me want to replay a bunch of games on it yeah, now like, that's I want to play Star Fox on it with the with the motion aiming and stuff like that because oh, you couldn't man. do that when that game came out without going blind yeah, but Jose pointed something out to me that was really awesome, which you you and I didn't even pick up on it in Tokyo, um, is that it's tracking your eyes. Yeah. So when you look away, and Especially you look, you turn yeah, your head. yeah, you can you like, turn your head, you can turn your head. Back, it's fine. It's not 3D immediately. It's sort of like 
eases like, back where are your eyeballs? Oh, they're there. It's like, I oh, hey, you. welcome back. Hi, here's your 3D. Yeah, I, I, got, a, I got a footnote to that, though. If you look directly, <laughs> if, it's a, if it's horizontal, that's right. It takes a second to find you. If there's a double image, and then it snaps back. Yep. If you look up or down, it's fine. It doesn't Weird. break the image. I d- I, so I had Steve Butts test it because I'm just like, I must be some mutant or something. Yeah. Let me just go, hey, Steve, hold this a second. Then I had him look to the right. He looked at it. He's like, oh, it's snapped back. Then I was like, okay, now look up this time. And he looked up and then he looked back down. He was like, no, what is this? <laughs> what are you doing? And he's like, this is crazy. And I'm like, I, I, just I wanna, as soon as we're done recording, I want to see this. Okay. Yeah, yeah no, definitely. Um, it, yeah. Looked, it looked especially cool looking at some of the, like, the trophies in Smash Brothers and stuff oh, man, like that. Yeah. Just watching him spin around. Um, yeah. By the way, have you guys talked about on the show the descriptions for those trophies yeah. and how they yeah, are? Perfect. Well, I don't know if we talked about it on the show, but we yeah, haven't really, man. yeah, we yeah, talked about it in the reviews discussion, but not. Okay. Yeah, Altano yeah, really and I were marveling at them while we were on trains to Japan going, oh, like, yeah? this is the most Audrey Drake thing I've ever read in my life. I say I have a theory. It was former MVC co-host Audrey Drake who now works go. for an Nintendo Treehouse uh, I've uh, read lots of her features edited her writing before and it it's totally her style which is it's just it's very on point it's very funny and it's adorable it's really it's, good the puns are knowingly awful oh it's yeah so that's, good. that's that's her thing that was her calling card when she worked at IGN where she like is puns. laughing at her awful pun before she's even mm-hmm. said it and it's just like waiting for you to hate it like she gets the joy out of you hating that yes. pun all right Okay, so, I mean, uh, outside of that, yes, I'm very tempted to play a lot of other games, which is becoming an expensive habit because games in Japan cost more. Oh, yeah. Because you can't use your... Because there's region coding. You've got to... Hang on to that 3DS. I bought, uh, yeah, Mario... Get Persona because you can. Mario 3D Land um, I rebought, and that was close to $50 because I'm getting them digital. I'm not buying the carts. If I buy the carts secondhand and then have them shipped, it'll probably be cheaper, but I can't wait. Can you buy uh, 3DS, like, digital yen buck? For your account, yeah, I do. Okay, that. okay, yeah. Cool. I, I have a friend in Japan who buys uh, nice. point cards for me, and you I get just club pay Nintendo points for that. But uh, Ooh, give me some Japanese streets business. Get but your, I will say, get your um, Famicom notepads. Lastly, oh man, you guys are pulling me out. I just had something that I want to bring up. <laughs> just ruining it. 3D yeah. Land. Lastly, no, Mario, no, no, Zelda, Star Fox, Pikachu. Oh, got it. The <laughs> data it. transfer <laughs> process. I was, I was going to ask you about this because I just. Lord. I just got so I just got a 3DS XL okay. like yep. a few months ago and researching and figuring out and like watching YouTube videos and figuring out how to get my DS content onto my XL was hell. It was awful and I hated every second of it and it took too long and I had to keep them like on top of each other, folded on top of each other it's, so it, they didn't break the close. connection. Yeah, yeah. It was it's, horrendous. It's kind of like Oregon Trail where uh <laughs> You leave and it takes forever, and then a bunch you lose some and people. And everyone on the dies. Way. Yeah. yeah, like <laughs> I, I did my transfer, and they're like, "Hey, uh, three of your uh, DSI where games died. Uh, the Pikmin couldn't carry their bodies." Also, across you the, can't you can't the have them back. Because, yeah, you'll never get them back. Yeah. Sorry. So, I'm like, uh, okay. Well, with, with this system, because they have micro SD instead of the standard SD card size. So let me let me first of all help you guys one thing. Like obviously, when you're doing the data transfer on the systems you have now, it's using your home Wi-Fi to just transfer some license information. It takes a little too long, I agree, but it some is not transferring the entire games as they are. Well, because you have to, to download card. them again. Yeah, because what you end up doing is at the end of the transfer process, you just remove the SD card you have in the other system and put it into the new one, and then you're gold. Oh, good. You, you can't gone. do that now. Yeah. No, well, that Wait that is part, that is the way the process works now in my mind, actually. So I don't know what you went through. No, no, no. Sorry, I mean that's what I did too. But with the XL or sorry, the the with new the 3ds, newer there's one, different be- SDs. Yeah, yeah, because so. it's micro SD, so there are three options, and I have not investigated how the second option works to the best effect yet. So I want to put that caveat up front. But option one is to use your home Wi-Fi to transfer data from the SD card 
to the micro SD card. That means all of the content, <sighs> not the licenses. It took five hours. Wait, so that's that's just all of the stuff. If it's right 16 now, I have gigs versus worth of data. It is traveling and transferring the entire thing. So to I got the micro I got SD. little micro Pikmin flying through my apartment, basically. <laughs> basically. Do you see the Pikmin again? Yes. Okay. And they're just slower um, than yeah, ever. Is yeah. it just the purple ones? Because they're it, fat. It took forever. And it's just no one is going to enjoy doing that. So then option three is using a PC um, in tandem. You can transfer the, the data to the micro SD card using an adapter. Mm -hmm. Then plugging that in and it just transfers the license info. Now, I read that on Twitter good. from a good friend of ours. That took roughly 30 minutes, I want to say. But then I had another friend who did it, and it took him a lot longer. So I'm not entirely sure if he messed up or one just had a better stroke of luck than the other. But I do know that when you get this thing, do not – if you have bought a lot of digital purchases, I don't recommend transferring all of your digital data over Wi-Fi to the SD card. You're going to be there forever. Is it just because it takes a long time or because it's risky? It just took a long time. It had nothing to do with, like, the risky part. Like, I did it at home. My network speed is fine. So – it was just not ideal. Did you lose any games or saves nothing. or anything like that? I lost that? nothing. Everything's there. Everything, yeah, everything's everything there. is there. My Dagaso Band Bros is still there. My Tomodachi cool. collection is still there. I want to call it by its actual name over there. So you, All the games you, that I had are still there. You obviously, you transferred from your old Japanese uh, 3DS XL, XL to right. the new Japanese 3DS, yes, right? Yeah. There's no region to region transfers. No. Got it. No, you can't break trans. Yeah, read you. I know. Yeah, don't worry. Well, so hang in there, folks. I just wanted to bring that to your attention. That that's been my experience so far. I can't stop playing this thing. I'm really having a good time with it. That said, the transfer process was a royal pain. And remember, if you live in America, don't get too excited because we don't even have a launch plan or release date yet. It's going to be like January, right? Uh, well, I have, so I have a bunch of people hit me up all the time, and they go, "I really want to play this new Smash Brothers, and I want to get a 3DS." Because miraculously, there are people who uh, listen to the show or follow my work that haven't heard me talking about how awesome the 3DS is for the last who knows how many years, uh, and they decided to skip, uh, you know, Fire Emblem and uh, Link Between Worlds and the dozens of other cool games that came out for that system, um, and they now they want to get on board with the 3DS. But it's a weird time to do it because they're they're hesitant to buy a new system right now because we might get we don't know when the next one might hit. So my guess uh, to myself, and I have no insider information to support this, is this is a March product here, maybe April. I can't wait that long. You have to be kidding. I me. hope it's sooner than that, but part of me feels like can this we is import from Australia? Um, or no, does Peggy ruin it? No, Peggy ruins <sighs> it. Yeah, Son you of can't a do that either. So um, I have to look at you playing yours at your desk for until March? Every day. Get out of here. No, but uh, in all seriousness, I, that's, that's just my gut instinct. And we still also don't know sort of their positioning in the, in the States for it. <clears throat> I suspect, though, and I'm going to say this to you guys just as an offhand comment, I think one of two factors are the reason why this thing wasn't brought over here, which has been a huge point of contention for people, right? They're so upset this thing is not being sold in the West at all. One of two things in my mind are the reason this is happening. One – is that just like at E3, Nintendo is only focused on having you pay attention to one thing right now, which is Wii U. They need that thing to sell, and new 3DS, to an extent, can be a distraction. They want us to have a good holiday, and maybe to them it's like, we don't want to put this out on the market and have people not buy Amiibo and Wii U right now. We want people to be excited for that. That could be one. Again, this is completely outside information, like outside of any like insider info. My second theory is just that maybe production was too tough for them to make it on this thing in terms of how much money they're willing to spend quarter to quarter. Think about it. They're ramping up Amiibo right now because that's their big fall thing, multi-territory, sure. around the world pretty All much. Right, well, in going, 2014, that thing's coming out almost everywhere. Going by your first theory, which I will, Okay. Nintendo, let's make a deal. 
If you're trying to sell new Wii U's to new people, go for it. That's great. If you're trying to sell new Amiibos to people, go for that too. That's great. I bought a Wii U on day one, and I pre-ordered 10 Amiibos. So sell me the new 3DS. <laughs> That's the deal. I already have all the things. You're trying to hawk to me. I bought them already. If they break, I'll buy them twice because I'm an idiot. I'll probably buy one for each room in my house because why not? Because you've had me by the nuts since I was five, and you will forever. If I have these things you're trying to sell, sell me the new 3DS. I want to throw my money at my screen. I Just take it from me. I don't even care. Just take it. And then we, you can get everybody else. And we lost Brian. <laughs> Damn, I just I can't. Do you have anything to add before we take a quick break, come back for some news, and then we go to break to our interview? i got to watch you play this thing at your desk for the next second. That's going to be torture. I want to I go see this 3D. That's okay. all I have to add. I want to go see it right now. Okay. All right. Well, if you, uh, that, that's it for now. Let's take a quick break and get Brian uh, some air, and we'll be <laughs> right back with more Nintendo Voice Chat. Jose Otero here, joined by Mitch Dyer. Greetings. And Brian Altano. Just give it to me, Nintendo. <laughs> he's ca- yeah, I was going to say, he's calm down. Sort of. <laughs> calm down. Uh, so, next order of business is that Nintendo. you can now pre-order games through Nintendo's web store. Pre-order or purchase so does that, games. How does this work? Do I log in with my 3DS account or my Wii account? I say, give me this game. Give me Smash on Wii U. And then on day one, I can, or like even ahead of that, I can pre-install. Can I just download on day one? It knows to shoot it to my machine then. Yeah, are you preloading? What are you buying exactly? Does it shoot it to me automatically, or do I have to go to the store and say, okay, download this thing that I've paid for on the internet? So if you can't notice, I'm sweating because I actually didn't check before we came in here. Boom! You goofed, yeah, Jose. I did goof. However, Too I will say... with that new 3DS. I'll take that off your hands. Dude, you can go research it's these fine. stories. It's fine. This is no. Nintendo. They probably don't have the answers. Yeah. Uh, what I will say is that I did hear you can gift games. So if you oh, buy that's a game... Cool and you want to I want to gift you Hyrule Warriors let's say I can buy it online send you the digital code and then you download it on your system so there is an extra step in terms of I have to reach out and actually send you this thing but regardless that's kind of cool uh, all I can tell you right now is that they're all first-party published games, and I'm sorry, listener, if I did not research this uh, to make it a better discussion topic. But uh, I still think this is finally this is a this is a step for them, uh, another step in the online arena, a baby step, tiny tiny mm-hmm. steps. That's that's what they're doing mm-hmm. every time. So I think it's I, I mean it's it's cool, but if it's just uh, I mean to me like pre-ordering a game that's uh, that's on the eShop, it's uh, there's no value to that other than me being like well the game's out right now I can, yeah if i, I can't can preload it. then i don't care i yeah. save myself 30 seconds of locking in and going boop bye yeah they only, i mean it's great for them because they they lock in my money early yeah. uh and then if a review comes out and or say if there's yeah, a Hyrule game warriors is kind of butt yeah like yeah game comes out and jose tells me don't buy this one and i go i'm too late nintendo already has my money i can't go to gamestop and cancel my pre-order or anything like that because they've already or paid click for the it. single button on amazon that says i don't want this anymore yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> please that, select an option jose didn't like it <laughs> and i just put in jose's true. email i'm like you talked to him about <laughs> you, you, talk you guys deal with the situation yeah, um <laughs> I, I just think this is a good option. Like, there's one thing that has bothered me is that if I want to 
gift a game to like my nephew or something i have to buy the physical game i could not like send them a digital code for something right yeah. unless you know and i wouldn't send a work code to them because we're supposed to use those for work but you know what i'm saying of course of like course. i can't i couldn't send them something like that i'd always have to send physical media and sometimes especially for like 3ds games i feel like no nah, it's better to have it on the system right or it's better to have some things just installed if you're willing to commit and you know that's the game you're not going to trade in or do something with so i'm glad this thing exists only for that reason if not uh that's all really all right, so last news story before we talk about Pokemon, uh, or as much Pokemon as I can with you guys. Hmm. Uh, Nintendo teases a new mode for Smash Wii U. So it's happened on Miiverse the other night. Uh, creator Masahiro Sakurai posted a photo, and the caption was, Pick of the day. Now what mode is this? Question mark, exclamation. I'm just going to show you guys real quick the photo if you haven't seen it. It uh, across the top. This is obviously a screenshot from the Wii U version. Yeah. It says "Games and More," which is a mo- you know we know that the modes and sort of the placement of them are all going to be sort of the same because of the 3DS version. Yeah. So, so this is a solo mode, and you could choose between Master Hand or Crazy Hand. Why do you censor Hand? He's censoring whatever's after Solo because he doesn't want to show what the mode is called. It's a curse. <laughs> I, this is curse. Is it profanity? That I don't understand. <laughs> <laughs> all right. It is. It's profanity. Yeah. Master shit. It actually says poop. Poops. Okay. Um, yeah, this is great. So wh- what we're theorizing is that you can play as these guys finally, which uh, I want to point out. Oh. I've, I've done this already because on the GameCube version, uh, using like a Game Genie or a Game Shark, whatever could, it was you back then, it. you could play as the as Master Hand, but it was so broken because like, it wasn't designed to do that at all. Absolutely. Uh, it was really funny to watch. I swear to God, if the censored word is just hand, I'm going to just burn it to the ground. Yeah, that... <laughs> Well, if, the mode was, if, if it's called hand mode, then yeah. We've been talking on this podcast before, though, about how obviously there is Wii U exclusive content that was not in the 3DS version. This is clearly them sort of hinting at this stuff. But what about Smash Run? Uh, don't... Don't, don't get me started on that. No, no, no Smash, Smash Run, Run doesn't matter. Yeah. And yeah, if anything, Smash Run is just one of the ways you're going to be unlocking a That'll lot of custom modes yeah. if you have the game already. God. Yeah. I just, I just don't waste any more of my life on that mode. I keep playing it, even though I'm not. Why? A fan. You don't need um, to do just, that because it's five minute runs, and I can get a lot in five minutes if I'm lucky. I can get a lot in five minutes by doing literally anything else with my life. Yeah, no, there's plenty. Of, like what, playing more. Smash we were talking about the review discussion, and uh, it's so great that unlocking modes, unlocking moves, is not tied to one mode. Right? You get rewards for any mode you play. Yep. Um, you just. You know, with Smash Run, sometimes you just get luckier and more mm-hmm. little sacks with wrenches fall on them. So I'm just like, hey, I'll take it. Thank you. That's the only reason I keep playing it. All right, cool. That's all of our news this week. Last thing I want to close, close out with you guys is that I got to play Pokemon uh, Omega Ruby and Alpha Sapphire. Pokemon. You get to fly some Pokemon into some, Alpha some air Pokemon, I capture some not. space Pokemon. So let me tell you something. When we went to go demo that game, they only allowed us to play. Well, they invited us to stay as long as we wanted, but we can only play up to the fourth gym. Mm. Now, if you play Pokemon, you know the fourth gym is significantly in, in, like embedded into that game. Like I wasn't going to sit there for four hours to find out yeah. or, or four plus hours to find out. So I only played up to the first gym. But I can tell you that the opening, when you start up the game, when you first – like the first thing you see is it's one of the coolest intros to a re-release I think I've seen yet. Now, I'm hyping it up, but so I hope this lives up to it. But basically, you're looking at a screen that looks exactly like the 16-bit – original right and it says hi i'm professor birch and this is pokemon and he's doing all that stuff but then all of a sudden the is screen, that his voice the screen, or did you make that up i made that up the screen shifts a little then the screen shifts a little more 
Then you realize that's a handheld. Then you realize it pulls back even further. You're the kid in the back of the moving van at the start of that game. Oh, man. This Playing all rendered Pokemon? in new visuals now. Oh, man. And then it goes out even further, and basically the text like description of what the world of Pokemon is is now happening, and you're seeing Pokemon all over the place. It's all in that really cool like <laughs> visual uh, cinematic style they had in X and Y. Absolutely awesome. One of the best retro like nods Pretty good. in That's a video really cool. game that I've seen. So the kid in Pokemon is playing Pokemon. Basically. Right. Yeah, he's in, he's in the back seat getting ready to catch them all. And that's something that then you end up doing by taking on the adventure. Um, I well, wrote a preview for But then you're playing on. Pokemon with him inside the, the game playing Don't Pokemon. Don't try and dis- disassemble it. Just <laughs> it's like <laughs> if you went, went, some meta stuff. It's like man. if you say, like, the were to start meme. hunting the guys who were playing Buck Hunter. Yo, dog, I heard you like playing Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, you, you start, um, a lot of the opening is the same. A lot of the dialogue feels the same, even though I'm sure it's updated. Uh, I did not get to see any of the flying stuff. Be- I, it was only mentioned to me because uh, that you you can fly in a different manner, but they didn't tell me that, oh, yeah, there's this mode called Soar where you can actually fly around. That got revealed through a trailer. You're like, oh, I'll get a skill called Fly, and then yeah. it'll happen with maybe an animation. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so a lot of it feels the same, but a lot of it still feels really different. And I wrote a preview on IGN talking about how what's old is new again and how there are certain things that, even though in your head they kind of seem the same, they actually play out much differently. Like in Pokemon um, Ruby or, or Sapphire, whichever one you played, uh, when you see your mom the second time out in the, out in the fields, she gives you the running shoes. But it was weird because when I ran to her, I'm like, well, wait a minute, I've had the running shoes at the beginning of the game, so what could she possibly give me? And then... She sort of says her dialogue, oh, yeah, I'm so, you know, go have fun and, you know, capturing Pokemon and whatnot. And I'm like, okay, where's the running shoes in my head? Then she, she just stops talking. She turns to leave. I'm like, no running shoes? And then she turns around, stops, and just looks at me. I'm like, here come the running shoes. Then she turns and she leaves. <laughs> what? <laughs> what? And this is that how has to be them. Like, this... they must have taken that dialogue out, right? They must have removed it for the demo, or, or it's the biggest fake out of all time. It's great. It feels I like love a great that. Fake out. Yeah, and so I hope it, that's in the final version. And it was even funnier because the Nintendo rep next to me was playing it up too, where he's like, "Oh, she's gonna maybe, uh, uh, no." <laughs> I'm just like, "Man, what is this?" But wow. but it's basically that's a lot so of good. what you remember. But there are little changes here and there. Um, when you run into uh, the scientist that you save from uh, Team Aqua in this one, because I was playing Sapphire, he. Uh, he gives you XP share, which if you played the last Pokemon uh, X and Y, you know that the revamped XP share was an awesome thing because it basically made it easier to level up all these Pokemon a lot faster. If anything, one of the best things about X and Y was the aspect of speed and how quickly you were able to chew through a lot of the things that made Pokemon a slow game by design. You were able to blaze through a lot of that stuff because of improvements in X and Y. So these things are slowly being handed to you while you're playing a game that you probably haven't played in I don't know, what, 12 years? Mm-hmm. Something like that? Um, so I was I had a blast. I had a really good time playing it. Definitely, I loved the, the little twists here and there, like that thing that happened with the mom. I was just like, you're kidding, right? Like, this is great. If this was intentional, this is awesome. And it, even if it wasn't, this is still, like, one of the best happy accidents. Make it a thing. Yep. Yeah, please, um, make this a thing through the whole thing. So, uh, and, and, you know, they talked about, or I got to experience uh, something they call Area Nav, Dex Nav, and play nav. There's all these navigational things on the touchscreen now. So area nav what is basically a way to no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> area nav is a way to sort of scan a region. 
um, <clears throat> or see who, what trainers you've already fought and if they're ready for you to fight them again. You can actually challenge them a second time when they're ready so you can get more money, essentially. Sure. Um, I think that's Dex bullying. Nav, yeah. <laughs> DexNav lets you scan a location. <laughs> And if there's a special Pokemon that has sort of special stats, you see a tail pop out of the grass, huh. and you can then tiptoe by lightly moving the circle. Pokemon path stealth sections. Over to it. Yeah, but you got to be careful because if you don't use repel and you get pulled into a random battle, that Pokemon that uh, has stealth sections oh, is just man. booked. So you see a tail pop out, and you're like, all right, I just spray myself in this smelly Pokemon garbage, and nobody yeah. wants to come repel. near me. Poke no, dung, no. and then just tiptoe your way to catch the thing. Um, That's great. And then uh, it has all everything you remember from X and Y if you played it. So uh, the PSS, the Super Training, Pokemon Ami if you cared, all that stuff's still in there. So it's really dope. Is Pokemon Ami like a French thing? Uh, I think it was a play on words. Pokemon yeah. friends. Yeah, yeah. It's just you sort of petting. It, it's very Nintendo's Pokemon, right? So pet the charge. You go to Pokemon don't touch Cafe, the tail or it'll fucking burn. That's yeah, really good. Yeah, stuff like that. I want that. I want a Charizard well, keep playing. Cafe. Your, your Pokemon died and you never went back. <laughs> they were dead in a bag somewhere. <laughs> he never got out of the first town. I, I, I got I, to the second <laughs> town. What do you want from me? Jesus. All right. And with that, we're pretty much God. done. Thank you very much, guys, for coming in. We're going to take a break. And when we come back, very special guest, Perrin Kaplan, joins Ooh. us and Pear Schneider for a really special interview talking about her time as the corporate vice president of Nintendo's marketing. Uh, so make sure you check. stay tuned for that. Thanks for tuning in. This is Jose Otero here with Pear Schneider. Morning. And Brian Altano. How are you? And very special guest, Perrin Kaplan. Night, night. Night, night. (laughs) Interesting choice of greeting because we're here in the morning. You're back. (laughs) Yes, she is. Uh, So for those unfamiliar, Perrin is uh, one of the founders at Zebra Partners, which is a sort of a, explains your partners for folks. We are a marketing, PR, social traction, business development, image, boutique company. Meaning we do it all. And nice. do you have do you have clients in the gaming space? I know you started first without gaming clients. We have many clients in the gaming space, okay. and then we're in other forms of innovative and new technologies, smart home, and and all the rest. And it's very fun. Sweet, nice, nice. And uh, folks may remember Perrin from Nintendo, where she was corporate vice president of marketing. As a vice president of marketing and corporate affairs. There you go. All right. From and I loved it. The early nineties. Well, you didn't have that job title the whole time, but you started with Nintendo in 92. There was really no department when I started, and I had the stress but absolute luxury of building it from the ground up, and it was so fun. Yeah. So just to, you know, back then, Nintendo really didn't talk to anybody externally, right? Like, even during the Super NES days, obviously, media coverage of video games was very different. Media coverage with, uh, you know, kind of mainstream press didn't really care about video games, right? It was a completely different time, so... Well, there were two different things. One is there's this, as we all know, this whole underground world of video gaming that that was hidden but huge yeah. that most people didn't know about, so they didn't wouldn't understand what it is. Just us kids. In fact, I'm when I went over there to interview, I said, where's Mario? Am I going to get an interview with him? (laughs) They're like, wow, you are not qualified. Um, (laughs) But then the other part is that Nintendo had such great success so fast and had a big brand name, 
but internally they really weren't built like a company now where they have all those different divisions to do marketing and PR. So we were really very family-oriented in terms of how we all worked together. And so that's where I had the you know absolute career luck of building stuff from the ground up. It, it would be a daily thing where my inbox would slide off onto the floor, but then you learned how to prioritize and, and building something that way to what it is today and the team you know has has taken it now all the next steps. What a great thing in my career. Very well, fun. And back then, Parent had a physical inbox, so it was literally yeah, it was letters. Oh, right. yes. Yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. And <laughs> stamps email. were real. Before the internet. And, yeah, before the yeah. internet. Yeah. I'm not um, that old. It was a good time. It was a good time. It was, yeah. <laughs> There's just no documentation of it. Yeah, there was less, there, uh, we were less accessible then, I want to say. That's um, right. So, uh, the, how big was the I team? I didn't answer and, his question. Oh, wait. Oh, wait. Oh, wow. That is, that's oh, my so gosh, unusual. That was a right. Jedi thing I just did on you. Just, so if you're, if you haven't been reading IGN for the last 18 years or so, um, you may not know this, but every time we interviewed Perrin back in the uh, N64 and then later GameCube days, um, we went into the interview loaded with questions about all the different games that we wanted to come out or that we heard rumblings about, and we'd meet her and, you know, maybe Jamerick or Ken Lobb or any of the, the folks uh, active back in the time. And back at the time, we'd do this interview and we'd walk out and say, we've got gold. Mm -hmm. And then we went back to transcribing and we're like, we haven't got anything. She didn't answer a <laughs> I don't thing. know what happened. Like we always, you know, see, we had, I was good at my job. We had right? great fun doing the interviews, and we always thought, oh, did they confirm something? Oh, surely they did. And then we went back, and we're like, it's all erased. There's nothing there. <laughs> there was no information. The yeah, Jedi guys, mind said. You guys pulled that a lot on us. Hmm. Yeah. Well, Nintendo has a very special way, and it's a really hard to articulate. But to answer your question. There wasn't a conscious effort to um, not talk to press in those early days. I I'm talking pre-Turkey, right. but when I first went there, it was just that it was a family organization that hadn't dealt with that kind of thing before. So yeah. they weren't sure how to do it, which is why they hired us and then the team came on and and so much fun. And then later it was probably very complicated because you had the layers of, you know, talking to Japan as well. You know, I, I remember that there was always this, okay, we got to ask Japan about it. And then, you know, you had to send it by snail mail or courier over to Kyoto and it would take a week for anything to get back. Right? I'm sorry. We sent it via Pikachu. Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay. There was no courier, snail mail. You know, Yoshi would, you know, stick his tongue out from continent to island and... Yeah, lots of ways to well, get information. Lucky two comes by on a Pikachu cloud. Pikachu seems uh -huh. pretty quick, actually. But um, no, but it, obviously it was a different day, and now you know Nintendo is very active online, and yep. you know has has PR departments everywhere in the world, and 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 it's a different age now. Yeah, it, um, Nintendo loves its consumers, and the reason I stayed with the company for so much of my career is that absolute dedication to their loyal customers that love what they do. And that really comes first before they decide what to do PR-wise. A lot of companies are, what should we do PR-wise or marketing-wise? And then let's see if that's going to work. And then, oh, the way the customers are at the end. And Nintendo really is flipped. And that is what I love. But that's why they do so much social online. And they do a lot of stuff to reach the consumer. And that's probably annoying to all of you guys because <laughs> you want certain things first. Mm -hmm. But maybe part of that is the story, is that those people are out there. Mm -hmm. And... People always say, well, it's Nintendo, Sony, Microsoft, and I contend that Microsoft and Sony and Amazon and everything else out there, and then Nintendo's on its own doing its own thing and not to be compared in, in that straight line at the um, race mark.
And that's, so, uh, I mean, that's been a that's been a message that you'd hear from Iwata or Miyamoto too, right? Over the years that they felt, you know, competition-wise, they're their own, right? Like mm-hmm. the 3DS is not competing with uh, with iOS and so forth. I mean, things have definitely changed in that respect. I think even you know Iwata would admit that now that everyone has a video game device in their pocket already, fewer people are bringing it along, and so maybe this is you know that means they really need to nail the kid market or any market that doesn't have the iPhone on them, or they need to lean more. Into, into their core brands. Things or like, even expand the market, right? Yeah. Or expand the market. I love how you just described that. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> but then the, you know, the, right. the This <laughs> is Perrin Kaplan interviewing Perry Schneider <laughs> <laughs> early days. Yeah, it's going back and forth here. Um, let me ask you this then. You mentioned having to build it from the start. So uh, how big was the team when you started and sort of what were your first key goals? What were the first things you kind of put in motion? It was me and then I um, got to have an administrative assistant and and she couldn't keep up with my actual inbox because I think I was in meetings most of the day. So it literally grew from there and you'd probably be bored stiff with the mechanics of it. I'd probably see you like keel over and onto Pierre's lap in nap form. But um, <laughs> there is this thing at Nintendo, which is what I so enjoyed and I haven't really experienced in other ways in my career, but to be there, there's a sixth sense that you operate from and it, and it is kind of the Nintendo way. You hear that, you know, working at Nintendo is really uniquely different. And to do well there, <clears throat> you have to have that sixth sense. And <clears throat> it drove everything that I did. And I, did, I loved it because everything I did was really kind of from the heart. Explain that a little bit. Yeah, so no, some key examples maybe of like some, some sort of victories mm. or things that you set in motion or campaigns you were proud of in the early days when you got there. It's not, uh, I can speak to those, but in relation to Sixth Sense, it was more about the sense that you carry in your heart through the day of your work as it relates to the the tone and feel of what Nintendo is. It's really hard to articulate. Anyone who's ever worked there, they get it. People that have left, they look back and it's like there's a certain way that we all work together. And, you know, do you do you feel that... You know, like, I mean, I, I kind of sense some of that stuff at Apple today as well, right? Like, there's this kind of tremendous excitement for what the company is doing inside Apple every every time something gets announced. Um, but, like, with Nintendo, because Nintendo went into so, so many different directions, did you, were you ever sitting there going, like, wait, they just announced the name of the console as Wii, or you, or you learned, obviously learned about it beforehand, but you're like, you're like, is that wise? Like, were you ever thinking, like, is that the right direction to go towards a different audience or name the machine Wii? Or was it always, like, you heard it and you said, okay, I instantly get it. And I'm, I'm like, marching with um, lockstep on making That's, sure this I is a success. I think that Wii is a unique, really unique example. Um, it took a long time to come to the name. There were lots of conversations between Japan, America, Europe <clears throat> over whether that kind of name would work. So there is just there's so much that goes on behind the scenes in a company that operates correctly. The marketing and PR people are part of that whole conversation, yeah. and so we were. You know, you're not just handed something and say, "Here, go work with that." Mm-hmm. And that's what I think made it so much fun is understanding how we came to certain things, and if those the end result of that was a challenge, then it would be you know my job and the team's job to navigate that appropriately. Um, and Jedi was part of that. Yeah. No, I, I just think it's really interesting because, like, it's, you know, 
it, it feels almost like unpredictable, right? And when, mm -hmm. when you're working at Nintendo, like you go from from uh, something you would totally expect, like a sequel to a Mario Brothers, to a game that is unlike anything that was on the market, right? right? Like the Wii, especially the whole console the concept of playing tennis with your controller, it must have been just really interesting, constantly getting these surprises tossed at you from Japan. And like, how do you how do you keep keep up with that except for japan was great you know we all knew early on what things were looking like what they were doing you know why it was being done and so from that point of view we all were really kind of heart forward at the point of launch how we launched it was really our job to figure out how to do it because in those days coming out with a system where people are flapping their arms <laughs> you couldn't just come straight out with it uh -uh. at least we knew that and especially since other companies had really started to do well it's, wow, that could be desperate. And and we'd never wanted someone to say that was desperate. One of them would say that was incredibly insightful and innovative, and it was. And and we got to explain sort of all the reasons why. But we didn't re reveal the product all in one unit. Mm -hmm. We first did the controllers. That's right. And everything was hidden, and um, that was in Japan. And I remember one reporter said, I, this whole blue ocean thing you're talking about. I don't know what mm -hmm. you're talking about. And then later he said, I totally get it. Yeah. And so everything was done in a strategic way, but it was more to um, ensure that your introduction to it was the same as ours had been internally. Because mm -hmm. so it became a, oh, wow. Oh, my God. Oh, my God, this is the industry shifting. This is so much fun. Yeah. So did you go through that same sort of cycle that the rest of us did, which was like uh, first confusion and then... <laughs> some anger and then maybe a little bit of like remorse and then full understanding and then in embracing of, of the we the way we did. I think that I was brought here today to have a do you want to lie down on the couch here we can talk about it? <laughs> I would love to lie down on the couch right now. Yeah, I sure. bet you would. I bet you um, No, it wasn't no. the same. <clears throat> Excuse me. I have like a massive frog in my throat. That's fine. I have Mario's. Um, no, it wasn't the same for us. It was maybe a little bit of confusion, but then complete understanding, and it was knowing that that would be your reaction. How do I communicate this to you in a gentle way where you actually see that a stagnant industry mm -hmm. needed an amazing new innovation, and this is far outside? The reason you were confused is that it was so outside our normal yeah. linear <clears throat> yeah. it wasn't evolutionary it was revolutionary and that just is so right turn and mm. but it did change the industry I mean look what everybody else did <laughs> sure What's yeah I, I remember seeing it and there was this perception of uh, it's extremely limited and where's everything you can do with it that I'm used to doing and then there was that sort of realization of like but wait this opens up all of these new uh, channels too so was there a lot of um, I think the, the perception from a lot of people that love Nintendo is that uh, NOA is sort of like it's just kind of fed things from uh, Japan. And it's just like, here's this thing, and you guys are sort of uh, like, not puppets, but sort of, it's, it's your job to sort of like echo what they're telling you to do. But you made it kind of sound like you, that you guys had a little <laughs> more uh, input than that. Yeah, and you know, I specifically want to say I'm not there now. Well, I have many lifelong friends there. Sure. And and a lot of parts of how the company operates is the same. It's in the same spirit. Um, those were, uh, what I will say, and this may be Jedi to you, but those were amazing days for all of us. How it is there now, I can't speak to it. A lot of people who I love dearly are still there, and they seem to be having a lot of fun. But those were amazing days. 
um, you know, while different cultural and business differences occur all the time, you're going to get those in any office space. You guys have these up and down the corridor here. Sure. And there is something to be learned from both sides. I learned so much from Mr. Iwata's way of thinking and Mr. Miyamoto. And, and, you know, he said that we opened his eyes to a couple new things we do in the Western market. And so it it just – that was just a really wonderful way to work on a global company. So I guess to me the issue wasn't who has control, not control. Yeah, uh, I'm I'm curious about the the kind of communication between Japan and and, and – and NOA, like how open was it? For example, with the Wii, you know, we learned later that the Wii was originally conceived as a as a peripheral for the GameCube, right? It's a, is it like throughout the R and D process? I thought we were talking about like fun memories and stories. We, we and were, well, this is like I was going to get to that. But no, yeah. I'm, I'm just I'm just the day curious, that I was like, driving who a Pikachu, is Pikachu car. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, we'll talk about Reggie too. But um, no, like is it, I'm I'm just trying to figure out like how closely the the branches work together. Was it like you guys on the communication side were always in the loop of what R&D was doing or did they just kind of like, they're the crazy toy makers and tinkerers. They work on something, they throw away a lot and then at the end they're like, oh, this is what we think it's going to be and that's when you come in. This or is may it- not be the answer you want, but this is the truth. They communicated and showed us things at the time we needed to see it. Okay. I mean, there really is no reason for the marketing people to see 80,000 ideas that never made it right. past the door. Yeah. Right? Because that would be a really a waste of everyone's time and effort because there's nothing for us to do with it. Yeah. That makes sense? No, mm-hmm. it makes sense. And like, uh, you know, com- other companies did it differently, right? Like when Microsoft launched the Xbox, they needed to establish that they knew what they were doing, that they were paying attention to what gamers wanted. And so when they designed so they the were early and often. They, in- yeah. they invited in everyone, yeah. right? Like their PR team was there when they created like... F- 20 different controller right. mock-ups and stuff. So it's a very different company, and obviously it is yeah. 125 yeah. years old and yes. has been doing things for a while. Yeah, and have you ever played Hanafuda playing cards? I have a set at home, yeah. 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 Pretty spectacular. Yeah. Very hard. It's awesome. Yeah, very hard. So we talked about the Wii a little bit. I'm curious uh, if you can tell us the story of the first day you played it. Where were you? Oh Where did goodness. this happen? <clears throat> fun memories. Yeah. Totally fun memories. I was in Kyoto at the headquarters. Okay. And I was... Um, Brought over to a cubicle. There were maybe four or five of us that were on that trip. And Mr. Iwata handed me the controller and said, I want you to experience this particular game and see what you think. Did he say, please? (laughs) Did a direct (laughs) sign or anything? Yes. No. Um, No. He may have. I don't know. (laughs) It wasn't a meme then. Well, did you know you wasn't filming the commercial yet? Uh, You knew you were going to see it though, but you didn't know what you like. You didn't know the motion control idea or any of that. Um, I actually don't remember. You start to get like memories fade a little bit in terms of how much we knew. We knew some, but hadn't experienced it. This was truly, as you know, a hands-on product. Mm -hmm. So everyone took their turn. And I think I was last because I was being chicken. The game was tennis. And I'm like, oh, God, I'm like, not a good gamer as all my compatriots here. Yeah. And so I did it last, and I couldn't stop playing. I couldn't stop playing. He's like, the meeting's starting. Mm-hmm. We're, we're all moving from this area to that area. Are mm-hmm. you coming? And I just said, I love this. I love this. And what was, I think, so great is that I was your average consumer, mm-hmm. not your gamer. Yeah. And the fact that I loved it, I knew there was like some magical thing there because it was just so precise, so fun, so easy, 
was hilarious. I was hitting something that had arms and legs that were hardly attached to a body, and it was still a blast. Yeah, <laughs> yeah and, and, you know, did you, did you have that realization that, you know, just like you, this is a device that you could show to friends who are not into games, and actually everybody can connect with it? Well, that is, that is part of what we chose to do when we launched it, and um, I always tell myself that, that Our group needs to write the book on the early days of working with bloggers because now every okay. company does it and they pay bloggers and do all that. And probably someone would say, well, no, you weren't the first. We really were the first to say, okay, well, the media right now is uncertain about Nintendo. They see this thing, but our sales are not – we, of course, still making a lot of profit, but that wasn't the focus. It was how many units. And so we brought it right to the new consumer. And – We did these different events in people's homes. We brought it to senior citizen centers and huh. said, we're here, and we're not here for your grandkids or your kids. We're here for you. I know it sounds crazy, and don't get nervous. There's, like, not a competition. <laughs> and this is something that's super easy and super fun. And, and in the senior citizen homes, it was, of course, we in bowling, but it was also brain age. Yeah. And how easy that was to do. And it was hilarious watching them compete against each other. You've got these people that are 80, and they're just <laughs> like competing. You know, one was a couple that competed against each other, and they kept coming up with the exact same number. And they were like, we're still in love, and our number's the same. <laughs> it's like so precious. Thank you. Um, and then brought it into these people's homes. And at first they were hesitant, saying, I, I don't, I'm not a gamer. I'm not going to touch that. And pretty soon all of these women were playing and You know, having a nice glass of wine and some appetizers and playing, and, and it kind of really grew from there. That simplifies it. But I do think we were one of the first companies to really recognize um, new consumers need a hands-on experience and that they can do what they don't think they can. And that is where the whole so many more gamers grew. And I do think the world of Apple and Candy Crushes and all that, I do think that we built a really good foundation for consumers to say, hmm, I could do that too. Yep. Yeah. If if we hadn't happened, would so many people be downloading Candy Crush? So many middle-aged women? I don't think so. Mm. It's not about credit, but it's about sort of the evolution of people having the confidence to know that entertainment can be experienced by anybody, any age, any level, in any form. No, I, I think that's a great notion. I mean, obviously the the barrier to entry with a Wii is much bigger. You know, you have to have a device, whereas, like, you have an iPhone mm -hmm. in your pocket. So somebody's saying, oh, try this candy game. It's like, it takes literally five minutes to get mm -hmm. going. But, you know, when the Wii launched, it wasn't just about buying a machine. It was about finding the freaking thing. I mean, that thing, it was so hard to buy a Wii. And nowadays, you know, you can go out and get a PS4 now any, anywhere on Xbox One or, yeah. or Wii U. Yeah. Um, but you couldn't find the Wii. Right. <laughs> with new technologies, to be honest... There is a limit on how much you can produce, and it's not uh, it's not always the how many you're going to sell. It's it's new. How many can that one manufacturing facility that is the one that's chosen to do this because they do it correctly and well? How many can they spit out? Yeah. And a lot of people said, well, that's just on purpose. It's you know really it's it's in a physical limitation. So uh, so then can I ask um, stories? You know, fun stories. Yeah, some fun stories, but definitely uh, this one specifically, you sort of saw the transition from the GameCube to Wii. Uh, I guess I, I should, I'm trying to ask, during GameCube, there was sort of a struggle for Nintendo because the other two, you know, uh, in Sony and in Microsoft became fiercer competitors. They were going into other technologies that, for example, online, Nintendo wasn't willing to go towards. Um, 
So I guess then uh, sort of from at least your side of the business was morale sort of down, like until sort of the Wii showed up and just kind of showed everyone again, hey, this is Nintendo, this is what we do, and this is what we do well. You know, every company has hard times, ebb and flow. I, I probably wouldn't think that people that sell um, Q-tips probably feel that way. but They always feel or, great. Yeah. yeah, I think they always feel Various clean, every day. clean yeah. Yeah. and every soft yep. and yep. cushy, <laughs> things like that, yeah. Um, you know, Pampers come out in lots of different iterations. Yeah, they probably yeah. don't have. Anyway. Um, I'm wearing some right now. Stop it. Finally. <laughs> Adult pull-ups, finally. In fact, this is this is a... Um, We've been talking about this for weeks. Yeah, I'm so yeah. glad he's taking care of this. In fact, this is your, what do we call it? Mm-hmm. Your Jedi mind trick? No, you're, we're sitting you down to do your intervention. That's right, oh, yeah. Oh, this oh, is oh, our adult diaper intervention. <laughs> Ad, ad. I'm looking forward to it. It's your ad. Don't joke about it because I'll have to wear two pairs. Yeah, sure. Right. But, pair, yeah. pair, two pair. Oh, um, okay, so uh, morale. God, Nintendo is just so different. Sure, there are down days, but it was more about. Um, was more honestly about you guys not seeing some of the stuff that we knew was going well. And insistence on focusing on the bad. And, you know, I came from a newsroom originally, and I understand the word news is from the word new. So I get it. But I think more than that, it was the team always stuck together. And, and I think they still do. It was more like, you know, they're not paying attention to the fact that these guys are not profitable and we are. So you're not, you're not focusing on the actual business. You're focusing on something else. And we'll, we'll get there. We promise. So I don't know if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, there was always a difference between kind of consumer-focused reporting and you know enthusiast re- reporting. Sure. Like, so obviously, you look at you look back at the at the GameCube now, and like the amount of great games that came out for it are staggering, right? Yeah. But there were some challenges on the business. Well, sure. And if you look on the flip side, you know, the portable business was doing so well. I mean, I think I saw a quote from you, something about like uh, you guys had beaten off like nine competitors in in the portable space at the time of GameCube and GBA and the announcement, I believe, of DS. Yeah. Yeah. So that was just something. And DS was something else to introduce that. First time was at an E3 and watching people stand there and look at it and not, again, it was so innovative. The idea of two screens mm-hmm. and and games that had a continuum from one to the other. Yeah, yeah. It was so new that people really were like bug-eyed. I don't understand this. And then over time they did, and it because it, it had a slower launch and then became ubiquitous. So that was really fun to watch. Sure. Yeah, it was sort of interesting seeing that uh, that transition and that that whole time period was. Uh, it was the internet was getting bigger and bigger, so we were consuming more of our media by reading about it and watching right. videos. But you guys were launching more and more products that you really had to go and pick up. Mm-hmm. Like I, I went into a store and I, I held the Nintendo DS and I started playing Metroid Prime Hunters First Hunt and moving the stylus around. I'm like, I get it. This is really cool. I understand how this works and why this works. So it was, it was very different than just sort of like I would watch a video online or see a screenshot yeah. in a magazine and be like, I know I want that game. Well, you know? and I think that we use the same. You have to yeah. actually try it. Speaking of screenshots, I will I will credit Japan with something that I think has become common now. But we were. Um, at least our team, was going down the road of how do you show the Wii? If we show just the screen like we always do, then it looks a little barren because yeah. it's it's just a whole different concept. And um, the brilliance of having it be shot only over the shoulder and then watching someone play it so you're 
you know, watching the expression on their face yeah. was just such a smart thing. Because we was all about the experience, not as much as the game. Now it's a bit. Now it's all about the games. People sure. understand the experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I think that really helped uh, contextually for a yes. lot of people, yeah. especially me. Because I mean, I grew up watching uh, so many peripherals come out of the video game industry that were just not respected and right. kind of goofy. And they right. would be these product shots of like a guy in like the Sega Activator, and he's standing in a hexagon and he's kicking in the air. <laughs> and to the out. side, there's a uh, the <laughs> Mortal Kombat logo on a on a garbage little tv um and then with with the wii it was just like oh these guys are in these this beautiful pristine white apartment and everything's nice they have a wonderful carpet their grandfather's there he's just like i'll I'll totally watch this this looks great um and it all started to come together yeah so it was like i I mean i I tell the story uh some of my friends here but uh like my parents helped me set up my nintendo the original nes and we started how many hours did that take well about two for them and we started punch out and my dad fought Glass Joe, and he lost. And my, me and my brothers made fun of him because we're like, Glass Joe's so easy. We've been beating him at our friend's house. And he was just like, I'm done with video games. And he didn't play video games for pretty much forever. And then the Wii came out, and I brought it home. I was oh, like, you know, dad. 20 years later or something. And uh, I set it up, and my parents came in, and my dad started playing it. My mom found out you could make your own character. And then she just stole the Wii, the Wii remote for it. two hours fixing her hair and her eyes. She's like, I think I, I, my cheekbones are a little white. So I'm like, just cute. start the... Yeah, and it was really cool to see that. It was like, I, I got it. It all kind of clicked for me. There was one time, and I would have to go back and look at um, one of the famous um, poker players on the Poker Channel. We were in Santa Monica, and his family was in the room playing. And he took me aside, and his eyes were like kind of watery. And I said, you know, what something... Do we do something wrong? What can we do to help you? He sure. said, this is the first time my family has been in one room together doing something we're all doing, enjoying it, and not fighting. Wow. And, you know, he just was like, we're kind of estranged from our kids, and there's a lot of stress in the household because the field he's in and the things his kids are on, they're just all disconnected. And they were on the same page, having they were laughing, and he just said, I, I can't thank you enough. So it, it really brought a lot of people together together. Um, I mean, I notice when I travel around other parts of the world that on Friday night, Saturday night, kids leave their parents. They go out, they go away, they go with their friends. And in a lot of other cultures, you know, the kids are at home with their parents and they do stuff with their friends, but it's not always Friday, Saturday night. It's whenever. And this did help bring families back together and I think in a really healthy way. What are some other uh, sort of fun memories for you from the company from your time there? Oh, my gosh. So, so, so many. Um, I loved when we launched, this is so far back, but GoldenEye. Okay. Oh, yeah. We rented like this tanker truck kind of a thing to roll into New York City with Grace Jones <laughs> on the top of it. <laughs> and um, into this, we had a martini party, and it was back at the really early times when those things were happening. It was, you know, shaken, not stirred kind of thing, and it was just, uh-huh. a, we blew the whole thing. It was so cool, and the tanker drove into the facility, and everybody got to try the game, and I remember Grace Jones leaning over to me, and she says, the back of my dress doesn't zip up. And I, and I, and I said, I hadn't noticed. She goes, I know, but my husband, he didn't want me to leave the house this way, but I had to show up for you all. And I said, well, you, you know, she's stick thin. And so she spent a good part of the evening, and you know, my dress doesn't zip up. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, Here, have a martini. And then I, um, I said, well, you know, call my husband. She said, Okay. So we call my husband, you know, it's East Coast time, we call him at work, and he's just, what? 
it's come on, it's not Grace Jones. Uh, <laughs> it was Mayday. Yeah. So, so why, why not Pierce? Why not Pierce Brosnan? Did you try for him or? Um, I don't remember, but probably not. Like Grace is pretty hip. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I don't They just got him remember. to play Goldeneye recently. Remember? That was yeah. the thing. I mean, yeah. she was very, very big at that time. Oh, of course. Yeah. Not yeah. to not to disc yeah. on Grace Jones. Like, yeah, nice she just was so cool. You, she just towered over me. He might have been shooting the next movie because Goldeneye the game actually did not release at the same right. time, right? It was years like, later, yeah. That's why there there was all this worry about whether people would still connect with the Goldeneye name because mm-hmm. it kept on getting pushed out. It's still one of the best it, games. It worked. Oh, yeah. yeah. And you know Anka. Yes. She's in the game. Yeah, that's she's right. She's very Who's odd. Anka? She worked on our team. Yeah. Oh, okay. A total love. Good friend. So that's one story. Let me see. Um, launching Pikachu was a hoot. Wait, Pikachu or Pokemon? Pokemon. Uh, okay. All right. So, Just making sure. You know, that, that, that was an interesting story, right? Like, uh, Pokemon was already big in Japan. Right. And we kept on saying, yeah, that's Japan. Yeah. Right? <laughs> like, that won't work in the U.S. And right. then I think it but, was... Huh? Why would people say that though? I mean, Mario came oh, over every change. Oh, trust me, back then. Talk about that. Yeah. yeah. What, what do you mean? Like, you know, like Dragon Quest. Like the, those games tanked in the U.S. too. Yeah, right? yeah like, was it was. It was so unique and so different, but still of that Hello Kitty-ish world mm-hmm. yeah. that some loved over here, but not everybody. And this was a product that was to be loved by everybody. And um, so the team that launched it in the U.S., we had such a blast. And because people had seen it only as sort of a Japanese thing, we we took it to the consumers again. Sorry, guys. We went to Topeka, and they made a Topikachu for the day. That's so cheesy. (laughs) So cheesy. It's so cheesy. It's good. The mayor came out. We were in the middle of nowhere. I was like, we're like in Kansas. Where's Dorothy? Help. It was really just these wheat fields. Did you sit there with an atlas just going through names like uh, Pikatown, no, <laughs> Kenya, no. No, but we like, did do a launch in Lizard Lick oh for Yoshi. Oh, my Lord. And we did. Okay. Um, okay, wow. so so we're driving <laughs> Again, in Kansas. How? Like, why? Did you, did somebody look through an atlas to find, like, silly city names? It's a secret or? sauce, dude. Oh, that's a, okay. I didn't know there was a secret to this. Secret sauce. But do you just know all weird town names? I know weird names. Perrin, Pierre. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we do have strange okay. names. So there you go. And Fran, yeah. I mean, is Fran a woman or a man? <laughs> we're, we're still, still not sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, I think that maybe we could. Years <coughs> later. He's yeah. a topic. Back to, back to uh, Pokemon. So we decided to launch it there, and we had this woman in Idaho literally type plush Pikachus to little umbrellas. I mean, to little uh, parachutes. One after another, after another, after another. I mean, that was like a cool one-off project for her i'm sure how boring but um so we took all those and we had taken the v-dub bugs and turned them into pikachus you'd open up the back under the tail you know would be the whole system inside and it was just the coolest looking thing in fact i drove one home one day and i was in such a just cranky tired mood in traffic and i'm like why the hell are people all looking at me it's just like Oh, wait. I'm Your in, car had a tail. I'm in Pikachu and all yellow and stripes. And, and that would have been great horn. I think one sold for $50,000. It was for um, charity auction oh, wow. for some crazy amount. Anyway, so we had 10 cars there. We had all these different tents. Everything was yellow uh-huh. because Pikachu was going to be the leading character. Yeah. And all these kids got to experience it. And much to our amazement, we expected X number of people to show up. Way more. All these people flew with their kids. They drove across the country. We're just amazed. So we're like, we need to really take care of these people. 
So the deal was at the time that we opened the doors, kids got to run out into the field to catch these parachutes. So we've got all the kids, everybody's barricaded. The plane comes over, it drops them in the wrong field. <gasps> what? We're talking like it's a mile out that way, and we're like, <laughs> no. oh my, are you kidding me? It was, so, like, a, it was like a bomber slope. So the plan was to have the kids physically catch them all. Oh, they did. Wow. They mowed us over. And I'm thinking, lawsuit. Oh, my God, these kids. And they were just right. They were going to get it. They were going to go. Wow. And so then at the end, of the end of the event, which was really successful and everybody so loved it, we had uh, um, our team Nintendo people each get into a Pikachu car and drive off to a different part of the country to start the tours to different newsrooms and different events. Wow, it was super awesome. fun. Was so that, fun. Sounds a, that, that sounds like a fun way to close out considering leading up to that game coming out you had that episode for the show that was in japan that you know how many what thousands of kids had seizures i mean what was going through your mind the second you heard that story oh the the anime yeah. related yeah, the one. anime related seizure but what went through my mind happened. was uh we need to find out why that happens yeah. and it's and we uh, I learned a lot about photosensitivity and it happens to a lot of people you know disco Balls sure. shimmering on the water in a lap pool. And there weren't disclaimers on games at the time, right? That said, no. if you're sensitive, you know, yeah. watch out. Like, flashing lights can trigger this. Like, it felt like that that was, like, the catalyst for a lot of change. Yeah, sure. I don't think yeah. it was, you know, Pokemon wasn't the blame. It was the vehicle of something yeah. that really was that fun and intense. And, sure. And, and I think it just learned a lot of people. The Epilepsy Association. Yep. By the way, they don't want people saying epileptics. It's kind of, you know... Not, Not nice, yeah. but it, they really enjoyed working with us to help educate people. We we joined with them right away to say, "Hey, this is something that people just don't know about. And they need to be aware." And yeah, then, I, I only ask because I'm assuming at the time you knew the game was coming here, and it was just like, "Well, this is just the worst thing that could yeah. possibly happen right before." A there big, are far worse things like that. than that. Good point. Yeah, there are. <laughs> there are like, like finding out if Fran's woman or man. It's oh, true. Oh, okay. mm. Yeah, that's wackier, yeah. but I'll yeah, take it. True. Or whatever happened in that pilot. Which pilot? Oh, for the <laughs> for the plane? Yeah, he dropped mm. all the wrong Pikachus. Oh, oh the pilot. Oh, that pilot. He was I was like, are fired. you talking about the Malaysia flight? Oh, I no. Thought, well, yes, that was bad, was too. But no, the, the other pilot, guy. Uh, <laughs> all I know is, as idiots, we were yelling, the other field, the other field. The other, like, he could hear us, yeah. right? Were, mm. were they ever, you know, and obviously, you know, PR groups are are tasked to come up with wacky wacky ideas that get noticed and covered, right? And, like, we've seen it. Like, THQ, like, letting go thousands of balloons. And in then the bay, yeah. it backfires because it landed in the bay and all the seals are like, oh, balloons, you know? <laughs> and, like, they, I, I heard, um, you know, I think the Skylanders team or someone wanted to have at E3 wanted to have Smell-O-Vision mm -hmm. before the game and because they have, like, a... And it would have made people sick. Like there yeah. are all these different kind of crazy ideas. Was there ever something where you said, "No, we can't do that. That is too of course too frightening." Any anything that springs to mind? Well, one time we did hang people on a billboard. Okay. Was when Game Boy was coming out in new colors, <laughs> and we had them like splashing paint and stuff, <clears throat> and that was really pretty cool. But there were other ideas where you know, building big mazes and just liability issues. Yep. Basically, are things that you say can't be done, or you couldn't get a permit for that crazy idea, or something. But there's there are always cool new ideas to be had. That sounds like you never. And got people were hanging on the billboard. They really, really were. Yeah, it was in L.A. <laughs> it was in Hollywood. It was awesome. Well, nobody's got anything to do there. Yeah. <laughs> that makes sense. So many stories, so many good times, so many things I could not tell you. What about? Of course, I can imagine. <laughs> what about you know the ra obviously 
when we first talked, I think it was in the in the Howard Lincoln days, right? You, there, there was a very different leader. Obviously, all competent leaders of, of of Nintendo. But when Reggie came around, like how how did this whole thing like happen when he suddenly turned into a meme? Like the whole like it, it wasn't engineered, right? It was like a happy accident at first, and then you guys leaned into it and made Reggie a bigger deal. Yeah, and the originator, and yeah. that was very fun. He became yeah. almost a, uh, a character. In fact, he did. I mean, in, I, in I, Smash I Brothers recently, still is. Yeah. yeah. Um, well, you know, he was the. Uh, right person at the right time with the right personality the right passion the right drive all those things to get up on the stage and say this is for real now we're talking serious stuff yeah my name is you know i'm kicking ass and taking names, names and making games and did he come up with that or was that something oh, was that ad-libbed or or did he we don't discuss oh, uh, anyway <laughs> but he has upheld that really well um he's such an amazing person. I so enjoyed working with him. And um, he's just what Nintendo has needed. And people, I, consumers so loyal to Nintendo and frustrated at different junctures really were able to identify with him. Yep. And I think that that's why he's become a character. That's yeah. very interesting. Yeah, he's good at it. It's fun for him. So, uh, so I'm assuming you keep up with Nintendo today, currently, in, in some form. I do, yes. of course. Um, you know, Looking at sort of the way they've handled Wii U up until now, is there anything you'd do different? Man. Um, oh, that's a good one. Yeah. No, you think I'm actually going to give you something. That's the problem. <laughs> this is just, you know, I mean, you don't work there anymore. You know, the, would, I, is, would I do something You do work different. in this business still? Yeah, would I know? do something different? Um, you know, I think that's actually too broad of a question. I apologize. There are so many different facets to what it takes to lift a product off the ground. Sure. I think that it suffered from the um, need for hands-on, difficult product to describe. Mm-hmm. And we did that with so many products earlier. So I understand the, ta- the challenge they had. And I think content is everything, having the right software. And I think that they're well on their way in in their arena. That's right. Um, but I think it took the right content and people experiencing it. So did they do things wrong? I think they worked with what they had at that time. Yeah. Really? Does that make sense? Yeah, I mean... I, it's a fun product. It, it, it is, obviously. We all love and, sure. and play Wii a lot, and Mario Kart's about to see DLC, and we're all going to jump back on to play it again. I think the, the one challenge with the the Wii U that you didn't have with the Wii was like you watch somebody play a Wii you get it like you don't even have to you you, you say it's a hands on product and it's true like once you feel it you're like oh I get it you know it, with right. tennis and bowling it works so beautifully but you see somebody play it you're like what you swing a controller you watch somebody play a Wii U it looks like somebody playing a tablet or a Playstation or and so the differentiating factor isn't there until you're in a situation where you need that second screen sure Right, yeah. which could be that your kid wants to watch TV and you want to keep on playing or mm-hmm. something, but you can't stage that, yeah. right? Yeah. So that was, um, and that's the that beauty of marketing and, and the difficulty of marketing is introducing really innovative new things to the marketplace. It's it's um, very challenging. Yeah, it's challenging. We, um, but they have the franchises that are beloved. So we, uh, you know. Sometimes when we have guests come in, we bring them, uh, we, we have them bring kind of like fun tchotchkes from their history and stuff. And you said yours was too big to It pack. was too big to bring. I have so many. I Is have like Reggie? boxes of fun stuff. <laughs> yes, I like to pat them on the head. Um, actually, we hug instead. It's actually, of all the cool things we had, 
I would say the Pikachu car. Was probably my favorite. Because you still have the Pikachu car? You don't have it. I don't have it still, but I have plenty of pictures of it. And well, there's actually two things. One is that it was so cool. You drive it around town, and people just would recognize it. It was just a blast. And who doesn't love driving a bug, right? Mm -hmm. It was like the brand new bug that came out, and just so cool looking with the tail and put a little flower in the vase, and you know, just so cool. Um, The other was the Donkey Kong um, outfit. You still wear that big. Gorilla outfit, hilarious, <laughs> used for many kids' parties, and just like you've never seen people say a, a hug a gorilla, right? Mm. But Donkey Kong gets hugged. A regular gorilla, kids like will run. Well, you just got a tie. This you know he's respectable. Completely, yeah. he's the absolute dude. Yeah. So um, putting that on was pretty fun, I and mean, my husband put it on a couple times, and I hugged him. <laughs> I don't know if that's too much information. I just said I hugged him. Oh, okay, good. That's all. Yeah. That's all. Is there a picture of this Donkey Kong costume somewhere? Can you send us one? We'll show I, people. I could probably dig something up. Yeah. <laughs> That'd be amazing. I yeah, could dig up cool. a bunch of photos, but wow. We we all look so different now. Uh-huh. Yeah. All right. We had a great time. Worked yeah. with a lot of celebrities that loved Nintendo, and that was really fun, too. Christian Aguilar is a very short. Yeah. I, I, I mean, it's obviously it's it's such an interesting trajectory from the Super NES over the N64 to the GameCube Wii. You know, like the the platforms are so different. Like it, it's, you know, I I say one thing about the PlayStation is that they've been very consistent, yeah. right? Like each device is more powerful, and of course it embraces more kind of media connectivity. But it's kind of like this line, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas like Nintendo likes to try these different things, and so it must have been a really fun job to have to like react to each new piece of hardware or where they're yeah. going. Like just think of the rumble pack and things like oh, that, yeah. you know? Like that was a thing. Completely. Yeah. A total blast. And I think the team that's still there is is really enjoying all that because that is that um you just explain Nintendo. Yeah. They they don't watch what the others are doing to the degree that everybody thinks they should. Yeah. They beat they go to the beat of their own drum. And it's produced a lot of really great stuff. Yeah. Not I'm to sure. be not to be compared. They are their own. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thanks for coming. And we in know there. that you all love their products and grew well, up. Well, yeah, them, this right? whole podcast is all about it. So, yeah, yeah definitely. Rumor sure. has it you know everything on Nintendo. Well, no, everything. not everything. This is not true. But uh, thank you very much for joining us today. You're we welcome. Really appreciate having you. I didn't ask you guys questions. That's a rarity. Yeah, for you me. get a lightning you ask round. A question? Yeah, go ahead. Mm, yeah, here we go. What is your very favorite Nintendo character? Pair. Uh, that'd be, you know what? I, my favorite franchise is Zelda, but I pick Samus. I really like the way you know Samus looks, the mm-hmm. suit and everything. Mm-hmm. I think she's badass. My favorite franchise is Zelda, just like Pear. But I, my favorite character is Mario. It's oh. just, it, just the amount. You Italian? I'm Italian. Yeah. I'm from I'm <laughs> from New York, so we're you know we're yeah. uh, related. In many ways. Um, and I just think that, like, you know, the first time I played uh, Super Mario Brothers, the first time I played Super Mario World, the first time I played Super Mario 64. I mean, these are, like, these are, like, tentpole moments in, in my, my, my gaming career. They've just I've always, it's always been, like, something that I've looked, o- fo- looked forward to. Every new Mario game brings something special and something different. And it's just, to me, it's, like, it's sort of, it's, it's, it's brought friends together. It's brought uh, yes. significant others together. Yeah. You know, like, it's, 
it's it, Mario's the man. He's awesome. Yeah, he is the man. Yeah, uh, I have the same answer as Pear, where Zelda's my favorite franchise. And as much as I want to say Link, I've always been a diehard Metroid Samus sort of fan. And uh, so that character and the design and the changes over the years. I'll never forget when they put the uh, big shoulder pads uh-huh. around the Game yeah. Boy game. I was just like, that looks so amazing. I'm just mm-hmm. a kid going, that looks so amazing. And then, you know, playing each each one as they came out. That that would be the, the, the game that if I waited on a Nintendo system to buy, uh, the minute a Metroid showed up, I was just like, I'm here. I'm buying a system tomorrow. That's it. Didn't okay, have to so wait anymore. Okay, so super quick question then. Um, well, you haven't said your character. Oh, my yeah, character. What is my your character is Yoshi always. Yoshi? Okay. Always. I love okay. Yoshi. Okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, if you were to describe in just one way what has the existence of Nintendo and its games done for each of your careers? God, it's the okay. reason. It's the reason I'm here. It's a hundred percent the reason I'm here. Playing video games growing up, Nintendo games especially. Uh, I started reading IGN sixty, you know, n64.com. I read Pear and Fran's articles. I said I want to work there someday. I started my own website, and eventually somebody here called me and said, "Move to San Francisco and work here." Like Nintendo is a, when Nintendo is what I owe everything to. Like when I got. Uh, just real quick, when I got engaged uh, last year, I went to New York Where's City. Where's this going? No, and I, I went. I was in New York City, and I was with my mom, and I was picking Dressed out the ring from my fiance. Yeah, and um, I bought the ring with money I saved from this job where I talk about video games at work. Oh. And afterwards, my mom was like, "Do you want to go on the train back to New Jersey?" And I said, "No, I got to stop one place real quick." And she said, the "Where?" Store. And I said, "I got to go to Nintendo World Store." And she's like, "Why do you have to go there?" And I'm like, "I just don't want. I just want to do a quick lap you around don't the understand, store." Mom. Like this is Nintendo is the reason all of this is here yeah, for me. So yeah. um, that's a beautiful story. Yeah, that's awesome. Nice. Yeah, look for me. Obviously, um, when I lived in Japan. I owned all the different video game platforms like the Super Famicom and the Mega Drive, the Genesis in Japan, the Super NES in Japan. And like, I loved video games and I played video games way before then, obviously in the Atari days, but I, I was, I felt like a, a special passion for Nintendo's franchise and the characters. Like, I could tell the difference even then, you know, like I'd play a Mario game, like this is so much better than those 20 other games for the same platform or like you play Zelda, like you couldn't fathom how like smartly designed it was Super Metroid, all these games, F-Zero. And so when I moved to the States later and I went to, uh, I went to uh, grad school here, I started my own fan site. And it was all about Nintendo. And I picked Nintendo, Nintendo at the Joe. time. Yeah. I picked Nintendo for two reasons. One, I felt like this is, a, you know, this is a subject that is a little bit more limited. Like you don't have to write about you know, thousands of different topics. Like you can focus on something You can go like deeply into games. Yeah, yeah, what you, you got go passion deeply. on. But then it was just like I just loved these characters so much that I, couldn't, I could actually imagine you know, covering that world. And so then after a while doing that on the side, I'm like, hey, this could be a job. Yeah, you know? and, and so, here you yeah, are all these years later. Yeah, that's why I got, that's why I got here. My, uh, I, don't, I don't know how I want to answer this question because, uh, I mean, definitely Nintendo don't played Jedi a huge. Me. No, I, I, I should, just uh, out of spite. Um, <laughs> no, uh, I mean, obviously the, the NES was a huge, like, moment in my life as a kid, right? Like, I'll never forget when we got it. I'll never forget that I didn't ask for it. I didn't even know what it was. Oh like, gosh. here it is, this thing, and awesome so as much as yeah, as much as um, you know, I'm 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 super uh, glad that that thing happened. Uh, you know, I still attribute all the reasons I'm here to my mom. 
uh, just because, you know, ultimately she was the one who said, hey, video games are cool. My kid wants, you know, <laughs> my kid will want this and will like it. And I That's think so awesome. What an she, awesome uh, person. Yeah, I think, think she got it. think about those days, back in those days. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and I think she got it from the first, we're talking about like the FAL Schwartz launch here. Uh-huh. The, this yeah. was New York City. Like yeah. I grew up in the Bronx. Um, and so, yeah, I owe a lot to her. And, you know, it's it, uh, the holidays are never easy for me because she's no longer here. Yeah. But... Um, I, I give you. her I'm as much you. as I give uh, yeah Nintendo a lot of credit. I give her nothing replaces a mama. Yeah, ten times more. Yeah, I get it. I have one really quick last question. I know we're supposed to wrap. No, okay. Sure if Miyamoto was sitting right here, what would each of you say to him? <laughs> Thank I you. I would say, uh, do you remember this picture? Yeah, Brian took Brian a picture with him at, at E3. Yeah, they we we spent him. an hour with him at, at E3. It was I was buzzing just yeah. walking out of there. Yeah. Just, yeah. Just. One of the most genuine, wonderful people I've ever met. Yeah, and it's uh, he always conjures up the memories instantly of you know of, of all the games you've played and like the the special touch he has and you know like we've I've interviewed him a lot of times with you in the room mm-hmm. and you probably sweating about what he was going to say. Never, never, no? never, no, 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 no. Okay, no. but no. he always he always had he like is this so one... authentic and amazing. No, but but sometimes he says a little bit more than probably yeah. PR marketing people want him to say, right? And you guys, mm-hmm. maybe you guys were cool with it. No, we were totally cool with it. It, it, it. In having interviews with him was not about him walking a company line. It yep. was about him talking with you about what's in his heart and mind. And yeah. and that's what makes him so incredible. Yeah. And you see, with a face like that and the uh-huh. way he smiles, and yeah. you know it's just impish. And he's creating and thinking all the time. And so really when we would put any of you with him, it was, you know, we're not putting Pear in an interview with Mr. Miyamoto. It's we're putting Pear in an interview with this mega artist yeah. who just is, you know, that's why we called him the Spielberg of video games. And he's, you know, obviously IGN interviews a lot of folks from from the Hollywood scene as well. You know, mm-hmm. every actor from the Last Guardian or, or yeah. Avengers, or and and with him, he's he's such a famous person, right? Like, I mean, everybody in gaming knows him, but he's very very genuine. But it was those those little moments where he'd say something out of the blue, where he goes like, "I spend a lot of time in my garden," and you're like, "What the hell does mm-hmm. that mean?" Yeah. Right? Yeah, and created then, little like, worms years, called Pikmin. Two years later, is like. Ah, here's my new game Pikmin. Or like, I've been thinking about a flying machine or about a backpack. Or like, yep. he'll he'll like drop these little mm-hmm. hints that make absolutely no sense in context of yeah. the interview. Yeah. And then like two years later, you're like, man, son of a bitch, you were planning. I, when when <laughs> Jose and I <laughs> talked so to him, so smart and creative. When we talked to him at E3, I said, uh, and I probably caught uh, Jose off guard, but I was like, you know, Mr. Miyamoto, you know, there's hundreds of games out there, is there, you know, made by competitors and stuff. Is there anything out there that you know you wish you had made? And he like he looked us dead in the face and kind of smiled and like looked aside and he goes, No. <laughs> <laughs> because again, yeah, of their own way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. What yeah. about you? What, what it doesn't mean ask? he doesn't respect many of them because he has a high respect for a lot. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. No, no, of course. Of course. Shows. Yeah, definitely. No, I don't know what I'd uh, – I'd probably just slip into work mode and start asking a bunch of questions oh, about yeah. Amiibo. Like I'm super work-focused. Um, even Brian will tell you when we talked to him at E3, I was just like, oh, and this, and then this, and then this. Uh-huh. I mean, at, at E3, job. I did say uh, I'll give you 50 bucks right now for a uh, Miyamoto Amiibo. So yeah, I would ask him. I would ask him the status on that one, and I'd pull out the fifty bucks. There, he could, we could ask him that question. All right. Well, there you go. Uh, thank you very much for listening to Nintendo Voice Chat. We are a weekly show on IGN, but we are not the only piece of content on IGN. There are a bunch of features, podcasts, videos. You should definitely come check out the site and uh, check us out. And I'm going to have a weekly show starting next week, so please tap in. Whoa. Are you, what is it? Like the, okay. the parent she, minute. She said, no, the parent <laughs> minute. Remember the Nintendo <laughs> minute? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. 
Wait, what was the? Okay, hold up. What was the Nintendo Minute? We because uh, the Nintendo we Minute now. Nintendo to answer like a question. I remember week. that was and Matt? spend literally a minute answering it, and so of course Perrin would always run out of time and not answer anything. Yeah, she yeah. Jedi you then. Yeah, yeah. I read those every well, week. Well, I mean, what it was is that IGN always wanted to interview and get stuff, mm-hmm. and you know, it's like Pesky, huh? I'm not. We can't. We're not going to go down into the canyon with you and, t- and show you every flower mm-hmm. we're, we're creating, mm-hmm. but we'll give you a minute. Yeah. Okay. So sometimes it was emailed and interviewed. Sometimes it was live and on the phone and stuff. Yeah, and sometimes oh. there's there were some really good things in there, but for sure there there's some good insight. All right, we'll dig some of these up. This podcast has more endings than Return of the King. Yeah, that's <laughs> it. Maybe we um, need to get together again. <laughs> yeah, there we go. All right, uh, and also uh, so. Um, if you are a listener and have feedback, make sure you email nvc at IGN.com. Let us know what you think of the show or head on over to iTunes and leave us some feedback there. We can always use either good or bad feedback. Uh, we read everything, even if we don't answer it. Lastly, you can find us on Twitter. You can find Brian Altano at Agent Bizzle. Check out these names. You can find uh, Pear at Pear IGN. Not so scary. You can find Perrin Kaplan at Twitter at Perrin Kaplan. Okay. And you can find myself, Jose underscore Otero, on Twitter. Thank you very much for listening, and we will be back next week. Thank you. Thank you. is my home. My family have worked the land for generations. My gran says the island does not belong to us, but we belong to the island. And we must be ready, for a great evil is coming, and death follows with it. Listen and subscribe to the latest season of Undertow, The Harrowing, a story glass production presented by Realm, available wherever you get your podcasts. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available.